All right, so we had this episode completely recorded and good to go, and then three brand new characters for Street Fighter V leaked. Oh my gosh, we're going crazy here, uh, trying to keep our heads on straight, but um, just to kick this off here, uh, we got E-Honda, we got Lucia, and then we Wait, got are you going to tell them spoilers? Uh, Honda and Poison. Oh, uh, I mean, hey. <laughs> spoilers, uh, skip skip to later in the podcast if, uh, if you don't want to know about Honda <laughs> yeah. and Lucia and all them. <laughs> all right, so, uh, yeah, um, my goodness, th- this kind of came out of nowhere, and I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, start us off with, like, I, I'm, I'm, like, shocked right now, and this is a total hot take. We have not had a chance. Like, literally, we just got done working on the story on the website. We got up a bunch of images. We got up a bunch of details. We have not even had a chance to process this. This is about as hot of a take as you're going to see here on our pod. But but I'll start with you, John. Like, let me turn it right back over to you. Like, how do you feel with this reveal? Okay, so I have to get out of uh, Event Hubs, get the information up on the website mode, and then back into Street Fighter fan and player and process this mode. And, and I sort of already have. Uh, well, it's it's a thing. And it's bigger than last year, so that's good. But it's just it's one character bigger than last year. Uh, uh, okay, before we before we break it down into like the whole narrative that's been going on with the silence and everything and expectations... Let's just look at the characters. Uh, uh, Honda looks pretty much like you'd expect. Poison, uh, she's... Mm, I don't know, there's something a little bit off about her her look. And then Lucia kind of looks like Cammy with a different costume on to me as far as her, as her appearance goes. Although she does seem to play fairly differently. Do you know who Lucia reminds me of? It, it like Cammy. No, not even Cammy. <laughs> she reminds me of Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. She is oh, really? like a oh, cop yeah. fighter yeah, yeah. character. Like I'm like that's Sonya. Like it's exactly that. I know she came from Final Fight. Uh, she was a, a playable character in Final Fight Three on the Super NES, uh, Super Nintendo, I should say. Uh, I played her. I understand, but like, I, man, is that an obscure character to put in this game? I I just I of all the characters you could have put like an Eagle or or Gen or someone like that, you kind of pick like this character, which is. Maybe, maybe it was something, uh, the only motivation I can see as to why you'd pick this character if you're Capcom is that you don't want anyone to predict it. It has to be mm. the one character that, and I'm I, even just looking through the comment section of the story, uh, someone said something to the effect of, I was asking for her when Street Fighter V dropped, so you're never going to get nobody expecting it. But... Uh, never have we seen in in my looking through uh, anyone saying this character or hoping for this character, anything like that up until this point. So I think that she's just there because uh, it was the one that no one predicted. She was the curveball. Uh, I, I personally don't see much to gain out of out of doing a character like this that people aren't very familiar with and and you know when you could have Sodom, Viper, whomever, but but hey, you know, you do you, Capcom. Yeah, I I, I want to go back here to Honda, and, and you were talking about his looks. I think he does look good overall. Let me get that right out of the way there and say that. But he looks a little weird. Like, they almost went a bit too realistic with him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. D- did you kind of catch that looking at him? No, he was the one that I was, like, in my first look at him or at, uh, at these characters, he was the one that I was most... Um, 
not even not okay with but just happy to see like mm -hmm. uh, as far as the design i was like oh that makes sense that's kind of cool i like that uh, I didn't have any reservations about it when I first looked at it. Yeah, um, I will say his moveset is very clearly intact. He's got his hundred hands, he's got the ocho throw, he's got his headbutt, uh, he's got the butt dive. Um, he's got his moveset. And I'm like, okay, hey, this is not a character that Capcom completely reinvented the wheel with. Like, it's not another birdie type of situation or Cody where it's like a brand new character. It's Honda. And he looks pretty damn like what you would expect from a Honda character in this. And I'm I'm glad to see that because I know there's been, you know, a, we're actually going to get into it later here on the pod with uh, Nicholas. But, you know, he, he talks a lot about how he was disappointed by Cody's transition into Street Fighter V. Not everyone held up that well, though, in terms of maybe transferring their moveset, um, you know, over from previous games or whatever with Poison. But we'll get into that here in a second. But but yeah. what did you see with Honda's moves, like his V-triggers? Like, like, how are you feeling? This is a character interested in maining, like... A, what do you yeah, see here? No, yeah, I'm, yeah. De I'm definitely playing Honda, uh, uh, not like as a main for sure, but I'm definitely um, exploring him. I mean, it's it's hard to to imagine. Like, well, I know how Honda played in Street Fighter Four in the in the you know the realm of Street Fighter Four. So trying to picture how he'll transfer over into Five is kind of a scary thing to try to do. Mm -hmm. That said, I am. I, the first place my mind goes is what's going to be, you know, what's Guile going to be like, <laughs> you know, is, mm -hmm. is he just going to get uh, zoned to death? But that doesn't seem to be this game. So I don't know, maybe his headbutts are safe or something like that. <laughs> you could just use him to get close and it'll be super cheap, which would be great because I'll totally take that at this point uh, uh, with where we're at with Street Fighter V right now. Um, but I do like the, 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 like they've paid homage to the character or, or they've, they've acknowledged the character, right? Like you're getting at, he's got all of his legacy moves. It looks like his animations seem just fine. He's back in his bathhouse. The Honda Sento, uh, bathhouse stage. that's so, so famous, um, is, is finally back and that's cool too. So I think he's I think he's a win. I think he's a win from what we've seen thus far. Yeah. I, I will say with Honda's bath bathhouse, it, it's, the lighting on it is a little bit weird. It's like very vivid. It's very blue. It's like it's very well lit in there. I've never been into a Japanese bathhouse, so I don't know if it's like a lot of bright lights and other things in there. It's and a lot less bright than the normal Japanese <laughs> bathhouses that I frequent, but yeah. you know. Yeah, there you go. I've never been in there with a sumo guy either. That's something I'm definitely going to have to try, right? But anyway, it, it does seem a little bit like the shaders or maybe what they use on it like are a little bit like, mm, but it's all fine. It's all like, hey, you know what? It, it's it's good. Like it it's If this is the final version of how Honda in a stage looks like, I'm I'm good with it. I'm not thrilled, but I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You know, it's yeah. it's not a kin face type of scenario, right? No, not at all. Not at all. I think uh, I think all of these guys avoided that. Now, poison's face. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're not getting there yeah, yet. No, no, no. That's perfect. There? Let's let's go. Let's go. So, okay. See, she is a transgender woman. That is how she's known, basically stateside and all that. And her face maybe has some more masculine qualities to it that it did not have in Street Fighter Four. I was looking at her, you know, portrait and stuff like that, and that's that kind of seems to be what the difference is. I mean, I, I'm fine with it. Like, if that's who she is, I, she still looks great, you know, if you ask me. But, but yeah. So there's been a lot of, well, a lot of mystery with Poison because it was like the story was that she was in Final Fight and and. She was female, but like it wasn't cool to, to to be hitting females. Or she was originally a trans, or and then and then when it was ported over to uh, the U.S., there was some kind of a change or something along those lines. I'm not sure, but I've heard that she's actually trans. I've heard that like in the U.S. versions, she's actually a woman. 
Um, and so I have no idea what what like the the story is now. And then, I mean, that was that was years and years and years ago. Now we're here in 2019, and and you know, there's there's a lot like the society around us has changed as far as you know the, a lot of the uh, the views on these things. So as far as the direction Capcom decided to go with her, I have no idea. I just know that the first time I looked at her, I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know that that. I don't know what I'm thinking, you know, as far as her, just her basic design and such and, and how aesthetically pleasing it is. But I'm looking at it right now, one of the stills, and it's it's not as bad as I initially thought it was. So, eh, not the worst thing ever. And I think it's much more important, like, you know, as to how she plays and, and how true they were to the character. Yeah, I mean, looks are very important, though, as we've talked about this, like with Kin's face and like Ibuki's face and a few other characters. It's a little bit like you want to play a good looking character, right? I don't think uh, Poison like has any hangups there for me. Um, I will say her base costume is a little bit more weird, like in terms of kind of how it looks because her hair is kind of all over the place and whatever. But when you get into her alternative costumes, you can see she's a very full figured lady and having no trouble filling out those costumes and whatnot. So, Are you talking about the white dress? Oh my goodness, yeah. And then, the like, white dress is easily the best yeah. thing I've seen so far out of as far. Yeah, <laughs> she's is... got these beautiful sunglasses. Oh, she's she's a knockout, you know, in some of these uh, photos and stuff of her. So I, I think that, you know, it's kind of like I would actually compare her to Akuma, how he's got the freaking like Lion King type thing going on. But then you look at some of his alternative outfits and it's like he's not as weird looking. It's just like sometimes the base outfit's a little bit funky. And uh, and there you go. Yeah, yeah. And they want to do something a little different. She looks like she has uh, adult Trunks's Super Saiyan hair. That's what she looks like she has. <laughs> but um, no, the story mm. costume, the the one with the white dress and the shades is amazing. Mm-hmm. The battle costume where she's kind of going for, uh, she's got pinstripe suit and like a, a fedora. I can appreciate that. Yeah. And that's pretty poison. Yeah. Uh, the nostalgia looks all right. Uh, the main costume looks, eh, it's probably my least favorite of all of them. And in the summer, she's like a, a sexy cop with a, yeah, that's not bad either. So no, this poison's pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with it. The summer costume is the one that if people really like their characters and loot outfits, you're going to see that summer costume online a lot. That's what that one is there for. She's got uh, a lot of her body hanging out there, which is it just, hey, that's great. It, so. it, it, it's just boobs is what the, you know, is the caption that goes over that costume. Uh, boobs that's and legs. Why. She's got, you know, she's a bikini outfit there. Oh, yeah, sure, so, sure, yeah. sure. So, anyway. uh, and then that's a costume that's probably, that's going to have something to uh, remove. So, oh boy, who knows? I and don't there's know. a lot of jokes that people could make about poison removing something, and we're gonna uh, leave it there. I, <laughs> I don't know what else she can remove because she doesn't have a lot to remove in that costume. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll actually talk about her gameplay. You can see again, we're very excited. The character's looks are definitely an important part for this for us, right? Especially someone so iconic and beautiful as poison, right? Uh, but. Uh, I will say that it looks like she fights with her whip out at all times right now, which is wild. And that means that her range as a character is going to be terrific. Um, and, and, you know, we spoke before how Honda seems to like a, a more natural kind of transition from his previous games to now. I don't think Poison is going to play like she did in Street Fighter 4. Uh, I think it's going to be quite a bit different because her whip range might be something like a Monat. And we're going to have to see if it's that uh, that whip has a hurt box on it, if it, she's another Falk or if she's a monot where it's like no there's no hurt box on that and she's just whipping the crap out of you well and the whip is like an actual whip a la indiana jones in street fighter 4 it was this little you know like foot long i don't know what the the technical term is for it but it was much much shorter i want to say know? a sex whip that's what i know it as that's what it, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's, it looks like that's yeah. the first place your mind goes right. with it and then it makes total sense for poison right that's just part of her theme as a character but now it's like a lion tamer's full-on indiana jones whip so um, for those of you that that might not have actually seen it, you know, seen the visual of it, that's what we're talking about here. Uh, and yeah, exactly. Like 
that's significant here in a fighting game because that potentially means she could reach across the whole stage with it um, at, at certain capacities. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so so let's get into this now. Like, you've been very much, like, Capcom has to come out and hit a home run or a grand, a grand slam yeah. and just really impress us. Like, do you think they did it? Well, no. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, gosh, man. Okay, so my, my gut reaction to this is... Well, that's pretty good, uh, but it isn't in in the sense that we've been saying. Well, maybe there's a super update, maybe there's a balance change, maybe there are five characters, and it all comes back to Capcom has set up expectations. Will three characters hit that? I mean, if is a chance that this does. I've seen some of the reactions on Twitter and in our comment section say this is a total letdown. I can't believe it. But there have been equal, if not more, saying I'm really happy. And then there are a handful like, well, it really sucks that this leaked, but that doesn't eclipse my happiness for it. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm excited. So there is some excitement about it. Uh, the fact that it came out early is almost like, you know, cue laugh track and, and everyone expected it at this point. It's it's like Kage 2.0, you know, being released. He was like an hour or two hours before the end of Capcom Cup. And here we are, what is it, two days before the beginning of, of Evo. So they're just, you know, it's the same idea, so pretty similar. Um, it, this is all about emotional and hype reaction. And it coming out early like this doesn't do Capcom any favors. I'll say that. Mm. Yeah, I think I speak about it later in the pod where I'm like, you guys are talking about what if Capcom, you know, nails it. I'm like, it's Capcom. They always mess something up. And yep. Um, so I, I wanted, I mean, I, I operate with that caveat in mind, kind of like at all points. It's just like, this is Capcom. It's what they do. Uh, so I... If they didn't do this, I would kind of be surprised. That that that's actually kind of like where I operate from. <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah. Um. So, for me, this is good. Like we 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 said that. Look, like two characters is probably not enough. You know, you guys have said that before. We got three. You know, and we got two very big callback characters with Honda. Honda was in high demand, even though Ono told us we were reading way too much into his little candy thing oh, that yeah. that totally holds up. And guess what? This is what Ono does. He trolls. Uh, and he says, like, you know, things are totally misleading, but he put the winky face on there, right? Well, eh, you know, whatever. We totally called this. We knew it was happening. Uh, or we didn't know it was happening. We we assumed it was happening. I wrote on. that damn story. And o Yoshinori Ono, everyone, linked up my story and said, no, you're wrong. Yep. I just want to call back to that right now. Uh, uh, what now, Yoshinori Ono? What now? <laughs> so Ono's only done that thirty other times in his history, so we'll just have to see if that happens again. <laughs> but anyway, I I feel this is good. I don't know if they're going to have more at Evo here because, like, with the leaks that happened, it, we just got the character reveals. It's possible they say, "Hey, you know what? Here's an announcement po announcement post on Capcom Unity of more stuff that's coming. Or we improved the net code, or we did this, or we did that." Right? Like, it, it, we just got a gameplay trailer, which we've you know been dissecting and stuff. And the gameplay trailer, trailer, I'm assuming, will be cut up and you know rolled out a little bit different. What I'm saying is, there's a possibility there's more. I would not expect a lot more, but I think there there's a chance, right? Um, but yeah. this to me, it's like. Yeah, I'm good with this. Like, this is what Street Fighter V is right now. This is like, we don't have a lot left in the tank for this game. We're going to get a handful of new characters. If we're lucky, we're going to get a few gameplay mechanics. We might get a netcode improvement. We might get a few other things going on like that. But I'm like, 
yeah, this is good. I'm happy with this. Like, I'm excited about the game. I, I jumped right on here. You know, we're doing an emergency podcast. Like, yeah, I'm excited. So. Um, I was so uh, naturally after this news broke, uh, getting texts from a bunch of people that are excited about it or talking about it or whatever. And one of them was born free. So and he also asked me to shout him out. So this is me shouting him out. <laughs> uh, but he also um, he thinks that they must be winding down. That's that's his prediction. He's like, I bet they'll get one more character at Cap Cup. And it's something like, you know, how we got DiCaprio for Street Fighter 4 towards the end. And then something into the new game. Um, and and that's just his prediction. But I go off of that because, like, that might kind of be where people are going to to land um, emotionally after this announcement. They go, okay, so this is this is the communication that's happened. This is the move that Capcom has played. And, and as a result, it feels like, okay, like you just said, too, they're probably winding down. Like, this is probably we're entering the final chapters. And that makes sense, you know, that, that's so, yeah. Yeah, and and people might you know immediately go to to me and say, hey, like, are you okay with no rose? And I've really been loving Monat as of late. I've been telling the guys behind the scene like I've been working on brand new technology for. Her. I, I feel like she's in a really good spot as a character in terms of what I'm able to learn and do with her. So I'm good with it. Like the moment Rose comes out, I drop everything and I switch right over to her. Um, mm. It's that's my main. It's my waifu. I have to switch to her. Um, but I mean, I'm really enjoying the game as is. So it's like you know, don't mess with a good thing. It's kind of what I feel like. Uh, I don't know how Rose is going to work or not. You know, and I said many times i have no idea when she's coming it's like is she even going to be coming this season right um but speaking of that speaking of this season do you think we're going to get more not at evo but later on down the line as i've talked about before like you know super premieres we have uh, capcom just added those to the pro tour this year you know we've got evo we've got the north american finals and then we've got the tokyo game show we've, and then of course capcom cup right um so we're at four characters right now for season four do you think we're maybe going to see two more at those other super premieres? You know, it, with Capcom, it could go 100% either way. And like, I have, I have no idea. Mm. I, I guess I would hope to see more. I don't even know that I would hope to see more characters, honestly. Like, um, there are a lot of a lot of questions. I guess I have to answer before I get to that point. But to try to to try to do so. Um, a big part of it is how are these characters received, um, and and I should mention also that I've seen a, a, as a pretty common response online, people saying, "What if this is on purpose? Like this leak happened on purpose, and that uh, Capcom's actually going to wow us with even more come Sunday?" I obviously oh, that's not the, the the likely. Uh, the likely happening here, but I mean, it's, it's a thing, maybe. And it would be really nice if Capcom showed that they were actually in control of their reveals and, and such, and, and did that. But um, so, so that would be a game changer for sure. But if this is it, um, as far as the Evo reveal, um, I, I, you could use at least six characters this season. Um, but if it's a winding down season and that's what it ends up being, then then maybe not six characters, and that that'd be okay. Uh, but I really don't know. So um, the next part I'll talk about here is how this affects like the gameplay. Is, is there any kind of impact there? And I mean, it's hard to know with these characters and stuff, but, but does this breathe some new life into the game? Right, like for the community at large, does this reignite some passions and other things? And that's the question that's that's like kind of floating around most immediately for me. Like, what is this? What is the reaction of the community in general going to be? And how does that translate to 
the hype and excitement for Street Fighter V right now. And I am as much of a fan of the game as I am. I don't see this completely reinvigorating the community. I think if you had some hope and like you were kind of hanging on, I think this reignites some passion for you, especially if one of these characters jumps out at you as like, I really want to play that character. That will get you going. But if you're on the fence with the characters and you're on the fence with the game and you're looking at some other great titles out there, Smash Ultimate, Mortal Kombat 11, Tekken 7, whatever, I don't think this necessarily brings you back into the game on its own, right? Like these characters, like some of them have to connect with you in certain, some certain way for it to do that. And I think if that doesn't happen, I, I, I just, I don't see people just all back in, you know, like, hey, you Street Fighter Five, like you did me wrong in the past, but now we're good. You know, it's like, I just don't see that. I think if you enjoy playing and watching the game right now, then this is great. And and it'll keep you going for a while and you're happy to have it. But really, man, it's okay. So traditionally, it's six characters over the course of a year, usually about two months, separate, two months separated. Last year, they did both uh, G and Sagat at the same time at the end of Evo. Oh, and I also should mention that uh, these three characters will be available like well it says right now yeah, but on august much. 4th right yeah. coinciding with their reveal right so it's there like immediately re- available similar to uh, kage um but okay it's been this season we did the whole eight months of radio silence almost seven and a half months and um and then this is the reveal and it's like it's one more character than you guys did when you were doing like your, your biggest thing, you know, like when you were doing the arcade edition and everything was right and it was a grand slam. And then the, the cherry on top was, Hey, and we're getting two characters at the end. And, and now it's like, well, here's three characters and a stage. Uh, last year was a stage as well. And, and sometimes these new characters come out with stages anyway. So I didn't feel it was necessary to necessarily include that. But anyways, uh, it, like it does not line up with the, the expectations for hype for those that were hoping that this brought the game back to like some some i don't know some other level that it's not at right now so i feel like this kind of falls short mm. given the narrative given the story given the the silence and and that it came out early uh um it's cool like i i'm i'm gonna play i'm gonna try out honda uh i'm gonna see what's up and and maybe you know a balance a balance change comes in as well but when you kind of look at the big picture and you compare it, and again, this all being about emotions and reactions, ugh, it's hard. And then what does Sunday look like, man? What does Sunday look like when Ono comes out on the stage and and then reveals this and everyone's just kind of laughing about it and has signs and memes about it at that point? You well, know? Ono's going to tell a joke. Uh, he's going to do the same thing he did with Kage, but, you know, two days delayed, so he'll have a chance to work on some material. Um, and he'll be like, hey, did you enjoy our teaser that we put out there and stuff like that? And very similar to Kage. And like, well, here's the trailers that we have anyway. And, you know, uh, hopefully they could talk about some stuff they're working on in the future, you know, and other things. But, uh, yeah, uh, boy. <laughs> Dude, I'm, it's it's... I don't okay. I don't want to be a super Debbie Downer, but the more I think about it, like as far as big picture, small picture, like this is great, but big picture in the story of Street Fighter Five. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like par for the course. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better, but. Mm. All right, so that's gonna wrap us up for this portion. You guys can hear it's like it's a hot take for us. We're we're trying to unpack how we feel about all this too, you know, right now. And of course, we're gonna be back here fairly soon and, and talking about this after Evo. Um, but you know, send in your comments and other thoughts on that. And I'll just remind everyone again that the rest of the podcast was recorded many hours earlier. Um, we actually talk about Street Fighter V's Evo reveal quite a bit. And uh, of course, now you can see, you know. Um, 
how much like scrutiny our comments like actually hold up to like you know that we talked about like did uh, were we even you know close to, to on base there or like we were just completely off our rocker <laughs> yeah. right we have no idea now uh, I'm not even quite sure my brain's fried from from all the stuff that's hitting me you know left to right up and down um, <laughs> but regardless we hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast we wanted to get in here and record an emergency like segment here for everyone so they can hear our reactions to it uh, and if you you know reached out on Twitter and said hey please record this like thank you for doing that like just getting those little bits of feedback in there it's wonderful to see uh, but yeah let us know what you guys think of the reveal online uh, hit up the comment boards like go wherever you want to um, we're, we're curious so like we want to see what people are saying and uh, and that will kind of help us like see the community reaction so the next time we discuss this like we have some, a better idea of you know what's going on so anyway please mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the rest of the episode and we'll see you guys soon We're just two days away from the official kickoff of EVO 2019, and that means it's time to talk about what we expect to see, what we don't expect to see, and what the hell Capcom could possibly do to satisfy Street Fighter V fans at this point. We've recruited tournament expert Majin Ten Shinhan and his disarming Swedish accent to help us explore the potential for this massive event and the games that it's going to feature. Also, Filipino champ gets in trouble for pulling the curtain back a little too far on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Catalyst kicks his own ass. I try to explore the disconnect between Street Fighter V and some of its fans. Street Fighter League makes a boo-boo and more on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Perfect. All right, and welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. I stayed up way too late last night playing Teppen, the new Capcom card game on mobile, and it's ridiculous. It's a lot of fun. I played it a little bit and didn't really get into it, gave it another shot, got into it, and now I'm super tired for the podcast. Uh, But it was super worth it because it's a really fun game that you don't have to spend money on in order to be good at. Give us free stuff, Capcom. (laughs) Uh, And then, of course, uh, joining us again this week, we have Nicholas Modge and Tension Hand Taylor. Say hey, Nick. Oh, uh, hey everyone! Uh, nice to see you again. Uh, does this make like me being on the podcast entire the entirety of July? I think it does. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, but we we've got Evo coming up, so we definitely wanted to bring Nick into the mix here, and, and just actually to get right into it, um, talk about what the heck Capcom is going to show here for Street Fighter Five. And, and Nick, uh, do you have any theories here on, on what we're going to see this weekend at Evo? Uh. My theory is generally like we see a lot of stuff going around right now. I think the most popular one I've seen is uh, what is it? It's Rose, Saddam, Honda, Viper, and a brand new character. That's the one I see popping up everywhere. And my theory is that anyone who believes that is going to be extremely disappointed. Oh no! Yeah, that that's actually been one of the main things that we've been talking about here as a group, and that is like, can Capcom meet expectations? And I personally am, like, I mean, I've been following Capcom since the Street Fighter 2 era, and I remember them releasing, like, brand new versions of Street Fighter 2 and not being able to count to three. Haha, <laughs> Valve, joke, insert there, right? But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, I mean, and, and just people being constantly disappointed by them, and I mean, that's, like, the history of Capcom that I know, where if there are no expectations, Capcom might really exceed what you're thinking they might do like arcade edition for street fighter 5 was great you know we got ultra street fighter 4 which was great that that happens here and there but when your expectations are high like i feel that there's no way in heck that capcom could meet that and what exactly are the expectations when you get down to it 
uh, it's not incorrect to say that everybody has expectations, but we don't know what those specifically are to the point where we can say for sure if they do this thing, this thing, and this thing, everyone will be happy because we have no idea what's potentially coming out. So in effect, to me, that makes it feel like all of this is going to be based on emotional reaction, but it's kind of not very quantifiable as to, well, what does Capcom specifically need to do? Because they just like essentially need to win over enough people with the hype, the emotion, the the sense of acknowledgement with whatever it is that they reveal. It has to be a big enough of a home run. But even just saying that feels very broad and not detailed at all, right? Not nuanced at all. So it's a very weird place where it's like, we really want something big, but you can't even necessarily, you could say like, well, maybe that looks like a couple of characters and a new mechanic or a balance change or single player modes or any combination of those things. But to actually iron down what it would have to specifically be, we don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's not quantifiable. Because even if you have something like... Even if this uh, supposed rumor turns out to be true, that's like five characters that are probably going to be released relatively close to each other. Maybe more content, maybe more system mechanics or whatever. But what if I'm a person who hates all of these five characters? Then I'm probably going to be disappointed, right? I've thought about that too, because there are some characters that are going to have a lot more widespread reach and affect more people than others, and Capcom's already hit a lot of those characters. If you look at the uh, the popularity poll, Sakura was number one. Outside of that, the uh, the other the the next highest character I believe was Makoto, um, and then the on, the yeah. only three in that top ten though were um, Makoto. Or I'm sorry, there's only two in that top ten that haven't been released. Makoto and uh, and Q. And Q is kind of like, not yeah. disconfirmed, but everything but because of the way they did things with G. They even gave him a Q costume, so I don't think we're probably going to get Q. And then if you think about Makoto, it's like, well, she made it to the top of that poll, but I have not known Makoto to be especially popular. I'm not sure. I feel like people would much rather have Rose, who placed a little bit further down the list. Um, anyways. I, I, mm. I just have to jump in here about Makoto because that character literally gives me nightmares if she gets it's added into Street Fighter V because <laughs> she's been playing Street Fighter V. She's since rushed down like Third crazy. Strike. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm yeah. like, I don't even want it. Like, my mind is going to melt in terms of how Capcom would go about implementing that character in Street Fighter V. It's like, oh, you guys like like 50-50s and insane. Like, oh, one, you know, one read means your death. Well, guess what? Like, we're gonna put that up on steroids. And here's Makoto. Makoto. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I. Yeah. That literally gives me nightmares, and you guys know I love Street Fighter Five. I'm like, I'm terrified of it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, regarding her popularity, though, I she's definitely as popular as the poll suggests. I'm personally neutral against her, but okay, fair enough. So, say you release Makoto, and say Makoto is th- is the most popular character. I'm not sure that she is, but say that she's the most popular character outside of those that have already been released. It's like, well, how much of the population actually does care about Makoto? Kind of what you're getting at. For you, Nick, it wouldn't be a big deal. And for me, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I wouldn't go, oh, this is now a reason to to turn this game on one or two more times than I would otherwise, right? And a character like Sagat, even if you don't play Sagat or like Akuma, there's at least the idea that, well, there's a little bit more there because there's kind of, quote-unquote, supposed to be in Street Fighter a little bit, right? And there's such a legacy character, and you know that their fan bases are so huge that it kind of, like, makes sense, right? 
Um, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking about the characters that are still out there, and and you want to make as big of a splash as possible with um, with whatever characters you choose. And I'm assuming there's like at most five still floating out there because that would make it six for this season. But I'm thinking like Rose, Makoto, Sodom, Phalong, Viper, uh, and, Dudley's and, and, up there, and Dudley. Like there there are there are plenty out there. And as I think about it, you could come up with a pretty efficient combination of characters that would make a pretty widespread uh, population of this community happy. But would it be enough to meet expectations? Oh, it's still like, who knows? It's like, it's almost like, well, release that and see what happens. We won't even really know until like the dust settles though. Yeah. John, can you, can you very quickly do your Kage bit that you did behind the scenes? Do you remember what I'm talking about here about like, can you do that? Can you set uh, Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is the best possible scenario for Street Fighter V reveal. All right, you ready? Ono goes up on stage says, hello, everyone, does this thing. Here's the reveal you've all been waiting for. And it's like five new Capcom-themed colors for Kage. <laughs> and then the trailer rolls, and then it come, the lights come back on, and Ono says, is everybody happy? And everyone's just dumbfounded, and he ignores that. And then he does the Shoryuken, and everyone just kind of like half does it, but isn't sure, and, and they're, like, they're, they're just dumbfounded about it. He walks off stage, and you wait for like, 30 seconds to a minute so that people are like, are, is this really the end of it? Is, it's like an encore for, for a concert. But it gets to the point where you're not sure if they're coming back. Is this really what happens? And then just as people are, are beginning to lose faith, you come back on and you do an actual reveal. Yeah, they, they, would, they would have to play the Rashid music, you know, during that little break and stuff like that. But then, like, Well, then we'd know they were kidding. They should be like straight face. And then Ono does his Shoryuken, and, and like, I bet you people wouldn't do it. They'd start walking out. It'd be great. And we'd have stuff to write about for days. <laughs> Honestly, to me, at least watching from home, that's kind of how Capcom Cup felt yeah. last time. I know. With that's why it's Kage. funny, man. It's because they might actually, like, there is a world that's not so far removed. It's like just one or two parallel yeah. dimensions down from where we are right now where that totally happens and if the planets align or whatever it could bump over into our universe for evo this year so that's why that's scary and funny and, and everything all at once so since i'm a big fan here of street fighter 5 I, I will just mention what would leave me smiling and satisfied that's what she said but uh <laughs> that would be give give me i i would actually be okay with two or three characters here and then mention that hey future plans are coming for the rest of the year i've already talked about my theory that uh, every super premiere you know they're going to have something here for street fighter 5 like a new character or whatever just go ahead and do that there's not very many of those left um you know we're, we're already into august now you know i'm starting up and then maybe just maybe tease a new marvel versus Cap Capcom game are a new, you know, our Street Fighter 6 is coming, basically. And, and I don't mean, like, be, like, announce those games. I just mean maybe, like, you know, you haven't heard from, you know, these franchises in a long time. Maybe we have some, you know, franchises we're going to revisit here in the near future that fighting game fans will be excited about and leave it there. And, and just mm -hmm. let, let people speculate on it, have some fun with it. We know Ono is good at that. I think that will reignite some of the passion and love that fighting game fans have. And, and I'm a big believer in that fighting game fans like are often happy with the same thing with a fresh coat of paint on it, you know, and just make sure the paint doesn't look like Marvel versus Capcom infinite, make it like actually yeah. nice paint. Right. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and, and do that. And, and fighting game fans are, they're not overly hard to please. It's like, we love the same stuff over and over again. We, we don't really like to evolve and change like a, a whole, like huge amount. And you do that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people will be very happy. 
if if they do uh, well they said no street fighter 6 right Onum's already kind of said that so i don't right. expect that if they did marvel uh no not for this because that's appeasing the capcom fan base but it's not appeasing the street fighter fan base and there's a lot of difference there like there are some that play both but not a lot not not everyone plays both and this has very much become a street fighter 5 what's going on here uh, and i guess you did say one or two characters or two or three characters mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't think that's enough at this point because that's like what we did last year and it's got to be bigger than last year. It's not going to... So I don't think that that would be... It would be great for like the Marvel crowd. They'd be super happy, but Street Fighter would feel even further alienated um, and that could that could lead to more apathy and, and a dead game faster than I think they're ready for Street Fighter Five to die. So I don't think that that would work. Yeah, I kind of agree that you have to separate Capcom and Street Fighter here. I mean... If we're looking at Capcom, I mean, come on, just give me a new Ravel Schools, I would, I would cry. <laughs> sure. But, like, on the Street Fighter end of things, the, what is it, nine months of practically complete silence at this it, point? It's, it's seven and a half. If we got to the, I think it was like the 14th or 15th, that would be a full eight months. So we're about seven and a half months when, yeah. the, when the reveal actually happens. Yeah. yeah. If it happens on and Evo that's like, Yeah, and that's one character we've had in that time, and they've said, oh... Uh, this is just the beginning of season four and then nothing, right? I mean, obviously people's expectations are going to be high. I think, like, for me, it's hard to give, give like, a personal opinion of, like, what would make yeah, me... Yeah, I was, was going to ask you, what does it point, need to be for you? But if you don't know... For me, I, I, I can give an assessment in a second, but I think, like, in for the general public, you kind of have to show five characters at this point and be like, sorry it took so long... Uh, season four is happening. Here are like two characters available right now. The others are coming the rest of the year. Something like that, you know. That it was basically we still have a full season this year, but it was delayed for whatever reason. And maybe you know, in that case, have new mechanics or that story mode or whatever. Something like that, I think, is what's needed for people to not feel. I don't want to use the word cheated, but it, something along that those would lines. make a band aid that's shaped kind of like the wound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But for me personally, I mean. We're going to get back. In. I think I've talked about this on the podcast four times at this point, but I really don't like what they did with Cody personally. Uh, I was really looking forward to Cody. I was hoping for Cody. They showed him off. I was like, oh, man, I'm. it, it looks different than what I'm used to, but I'm open to it. I'm kind of excited. Then he released and it was like, okay, it's nothing like what I wanted. That's what she said. Thanks. I hate it. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and that's why I don't want any characters that I actually like. You don't trust them. Because I'm just afraid they'll do the same thing. Yeah, so I don't want Poison. I don't want Maki. I don't really want Dudley either because I don't want to see these characters go a very different route than what I like from... uh, The reason I like the characters to begin with, right? Um, And at the same time, there's no... Like, the most notorious examples of this treatment are Jury and Cody. And most fans of those characters have been like, oh man, this is nothing like what they're supposed yeah. to be like. And some people have embraced the new ones, of course. I mean, of different strokes for different folks, right? But the existing fan base for these very popular characters has at large been kind of dissatisfied. But at the same time, you have characters like Alex and, you know, tier placing notwithstanding, he still feels like Alex, right? Same with Yuri. And you have these characters that really feel like what you're used to from them. So that's kind of the thing. It's a 50-50 game. 
but I don't want to take that gamble and hope for a character and also have to hope that they're going to be like what I'm used to, right? I mean, if you don't like 50-50s, don't be playing no Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was just going to allude to that. Fair yeah, enough. That's a, Fair enough. This is like the most 50-50, like, and it's not true. Like, We'll get into this later on, but you know, Daiko talked about Street Fighter 2 and all that, but uh, yeah, it's such an apt yeah. uh, remark that you made there, Nick, but yeah. Yeah, so what, I, what I'm personally looking for at this point are characters that I like enough that I want to have them in the game, but I don't like enough that I'm necessarily going to be mad if they're kind of ruined or whatever, you know, they're changed. So I've been campaigning for Honda for 18 months, I think. I've been campaigning hard for Honda because he's the epitome of that character for me. Hmm. Uh, other characters are like, uh, Fei Long, I feel the same about... I can't even imagine what Viper would be like in 5, but I'm kind of interested interested to see it. So that's kind of where my mind is at. If they can bring out 5 characters that I don't care enough about to like be offended by their moveset changes, potential moveset changes, but still characters that I think should be in Street Fighter 5, that would be the sweet spot for me. When you hear Capcom come up on stage and you hear like a collective gasp, like you know in your in your room while you're watching evo that's the entire event hubs team holding their breath like hoping <laughs> that capcom does something good here and doesn't mess it all up and i mean all of us are going to freaking be on pins and needles right at that point in time i don't think anyone has a lot of confidence in them and it's just like just please don't screw it up please don't screw it up is, is pretty much i think collectively what and please not viper i'll be doing the same but <laughs> gotcha. please don't screw it up please not Viper. <laughs> uh, but moving on here uh we have tekken 7 rising and entrance Every year, they continue to do it this year. Nick, what are you seeing with this game? It's amazing. It's uh, It just keeps going. It just keeps getting higher. Viewership is increasing. Evo entrants are increasing. Prize money is increasing. You're seeing every event in every region seems to be growing continuously. And it's very similar to what we saw with Street Fighter 4 before. But with Street Fighter 4, that was kind of like the FGC as a whole rising and new games coming out and people started diversifying from Street Fighter and trying out all kinds of new games. This feels like the opposite, where people from a bunch of different games are like, not necessarily migrating, but at least trying out Tekken mm -hmm. and getting really into Tekken. And you keep seeing these names pop up that you recognize from other games before. Like, a perfect example is Forwood, right? He was really good at Street Fighter 4. And I don't know if he still plays Street Fighter 5, but I see him in Tekken all the time. Mm -hmm. He just shows up at American tournaments and he does some damage, you know? And you see those kinds of players just show up in Tekken 7 and it just keeps going higher and higher and higher. And in, like, all the games that are lined up for EVO this year have done really well with entrance. Let's get that straight, first of all. But Tekken 7 is the only one that's going up. And mm -hmm. that's, it already did that last year as well. I think it's done it every year that it's been in. And that's just amazing. It feels earned with Tekken as well. It doesn't feel like some cheap... Like, they did a gimmick and then got a huge influx of new followers, new viewers, new players. And then those are going to quickly fade away as quickly as they came in. It feels as though it came out. It had problems when it first dropped. But then it spent, like, two years, jumped onto consoles in the West. Um, and we, we bring up how hype it is, especially just because of something as simple as the slowdown mechanic, right? Before yeah. you get a KO sometimes, right? Um, and because that is really fun, it's just a very small part of the game that probably wouldn't ch that wouldn't change anything about the game as far as the gameplay goes. But it was just this nice little touch that everyone just can't get enough of as far as watching it. The game's fun. Uh, the the balance is amazing, and it and it's been a couple of years that Tekken has slowly but steadily just been one foot in front of the other, going.
going up this mountain. And they've made so much progress now because there's been so much time. The the reveals, the marketing has been great. They broke a mold last year at Evo with that Negan reveal blowing. Like that that was yeah. a moment that we're still talking about. Yep. And it also opened up some floodgates, uh, the potential for, well, if we're having Walking Dead guest characters, what's, you know, the, the, the limit has been moved. Yeah. The, the limiter has been moved. For sure. And that's interesting, too. So now we're going in. I, there was a Maximilian video that recently popped up where he's talking about this uh, this exact thing. As far as, like, what the reveal for Tekken might be, people are saying, like, well, maybe Tifa from, from Final Fantasy would be cool. But really, it's like, everyone's available. Like, everyone could be going in, you know? Yeah. So... They're just winning on so many fronts, and it feels very earned that they're that they are where they are, and that means that it, it's not going to be fleeting. Like Tekken's going to be around for a while, and if the franchise as a whole continues to follow this model and builds on the successes that it has very clearly found here in Tekken Seven, um, the, the the sky's the limit for this franchise. Yeah, I think Tekken is definitely having very healthy growth right now, especially in the FGC, but also like sales numbers seem to be going up you know it's not breaking any tekken records because tekken 3 was gigantic Mm -hmm. uh but you know it's doing well uh it's definitely not like i mean i've heard a lot of people talk about like death of fighting games after street fighter 4 and that's just not true at all like we have tons of fighting games doing well we're in the most successful period of fighting game uh, history probably ever right yeah, now and, it, and tekken's it, a nice part of that tekken take tournament too i i wanted to throw this in there uh both nick and i hated that damn game in terms of of, of watching it and having to cover it uh tekken 7 is a complete reversal of that that is a beautiful game to watch uh it is a wonderful game i i really tip my cap to bandai namco with that and their whole fgc development team they have hit home run after home run with that game uh, i love that game uh, but I hated Tekken Tech Tournament 2 with a passion. And that was not that long ago we were talking about that yeah. game. I mean, it's it's been a huge reversal for them. Yeah, I really don't mind Tekken Tech Tournament 2 as a game. But watching it, at least like watching it as work, was awful because it always went over time. It really wasn't very stimulating to the viewers. That's what she said. So I agree that it's been a reversal on those aspects entirely. Um, as for the reveal, uh, potential reveal... I think Harada went out and said something like, oh, we don't have any more characters coming for Tekken 7, I'm sorry. But at the same time, isn't that what he would say if they did have them? Yes. yes. So, I mean, I really don't believe it. But if if we're going to have like an upped ante as far as guest characters go, I've been saying for a very long time that like they started off by having Akuma and Geese. So they had different fighting game guest characters, right? Then they went for Noctis from Final Fantasy so, like, different genre, but still gaming. Then Negan. So, still fictional character, but outside of gaming. I think the next step is a real-life person, and I'm betting on John Cena. Wow. Oh my God. What did you just say? Holy smokes. No way. That would be awesome. That would be... Wow. Okay. No one wants an invisible character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this is Tekken 7 has sold over 4 million copies, and the fact that Rod is saying, hey, nothing more is coming, is like... Really? Like, maybe their DLC sales have not been that good. Uh, But this is, I mean, they just announced it at, I think it was San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, they announced that they have sold over 4 million copies. We've got some beautiful artwork to go with that. Like... How do you how do you pull the plug on DLC with that? And I mean, as you said, it's just like it's a, that's a classic Karate move. You know, like hey, we're not doing anything more. Oh yeah, here's something awesome. So yeah, yeah I, I'm totally expecting a similar reveal to last time. They're gonna show 
like two classic characters, one guest character. They're going to have a whole season three rolled out. But at the same time, Harada has covered his bases. So if Tekken literally has nothing, I'm actually not going to be disappointed because they actually did say don't expect anything. And, you know, mm-hmm. that it might be trolling, you know, yeah. but yeah. it you can also like attribute that to your own mind playing tricks on you because he did say don't expect anything. So if yeah. Tekken has nothing, I'm going to be okay with it. But I am expecting way more than nothing. So seven games are over 1,000 entrants here at EVO. Uh, Nick, I mean, you've been covering EVO for, I mean, how many years now? I think seven years or something like that for our website? Yes, since 2013. Like, uh, so what do you think about this? What do you think about EVO growing? What do you think about these games hitting? Like, like how is this feeling for you right now? I'm kind of nervous about having, like, all the games going at the same time on Friday. That's going to be rough to mm-hmm. cover. But as a tournament, as an event, I think it's fantastic. And we're seeing so much diversity in the titles represented as well. I I mean, I do think it's sad that Guilty Gear and uh, Melee aren't part of the main roster this year. But I still think it's really cool that we have so many different companies and different types of fighting games represented. And it's nine games, and even seven of them got over 1,000. That's absolutely amazing. Because, like, getting over 1,000, that was like a mark of honor before, right? We had a long period mm-hmm. of time where it was like only Smash and uh, Street Fighter were doing it. And then you had... That one year that Pokken uh, was part of the lineup, it actually went above 1,000. Everyone was like, holy, wow, that's amazing. And then it didn't return the next year. Um, and I don't think any other game got over 1,000 that year, except for the ones that already did, like Street Fighter and Smash. But now we started seeing a bit more, like Tekken got over 1,000. Dragon Ball last year was also... I think Dragon Ball was even at 2,500 last year. Uh, but now we're seeing like all these kinds of games just getting up there. I mean... I'd be remiss to not give a shout out to Unist because that's a game that's been out like how long now? Like four years, five years at least since the first version came out. And it gets added to Evil this late in since its release. It still goes over 1,000 entrants. Uh, I mean, I can't wait to see what happens to that scene uh, from this massive exposure they're going to be getting now because I think everyone has kind of been looking at that as a bit of a niche fighting game. Mm-hmm. Uh but now it's going to be on the main stage. It's got over 1,000 entrants. It's going to be like loaded to the brim. So I think it'll be interesting to see how that affects the scene like in terms of new players joining it. Gotcha. Now, speaking of, of entrants here, uh, Samurai Shodan actually has the highest amount of crossover entrants uh, of any game. Like, What do you feel about that? Why do you think that was the case? Um, I think that Samurai Shodan is the ultimate sub-game to have, like side game uh, as a player. Mm-hmm. I, I've been playing it a little bit lately. I absolutely love it. I'm I'm totally in love with it. I was saying that in the event of the chat before as well, that like I'm having a total blast with this game. I mean, it really is what a lot of people have been saying, that it is purely footsie-based in a lot of ways. It doesn't have as much tech as most fighting games would. So it's kind of like, if you're a fundamentally strong fighting game player, then just sitting a few hours in Samsung, you're you're going to feel at home already. And I think that's what appeals to a lot of players who already play fighting games at a high level to have like a distilled version of that where you focus on one thing and one thing only, but it's a thing that is really satisfying to pit against another strong player. Okay, very nice. Now, now, we've actually had an interesting thing happen where Smash has taken the final spot here uh, on Sunday for Street Fighter V. Now, obviously, it has the highest amount of entrance, um, and, you know, it's the number one game. John and I have spoke about this before, where it's kind of like, hey, you know, uh, 
I have a big issue right now with Smash Ultimate, like how long the top eight takes. Like it's just way too damn long. They need to alter the rules and stuff. So I'm like, hey, if I want to go to bed or rest a little bit earlier, I can catch it tomorrow, right? Like I, that's kind of yeah. like a plus to me. But but how are you seeing this on your end with it taking the final spot? I've seen a ton of people have that same sentiment, uh, mm-hmm. but in less kind words. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, basically like, uh, oh, we don't have to wait for a game we don't want to watch so we can go to sleep. And, you know, that's probably the case for everyone who doesn't play a particular game. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way about Street Fighter V too, if they don't play Street Fighter. Right. Uh, but, like, it's similar to what Raptor was saying earlier about Tekken. Like, Smash taking the final spot, it's earned, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's done so well and it's got so many entrants. And, you know... It deserves that spot on the final stage, especially, like, before you would have Melee and Smash 4 at EVO, and you w- they didn't want to have two Smash games on Sunday Finals, which I understand, because Sunday Finals tends to be, like, games from different companies, games of different playstyles, and Smash is still Smash, right? Even though Melee and 4 are pretty different from each other. But it always left a little bit of a bad aftertaste because they had such a high amount of entrance that they weren't on the final stage. So now that we have just one Smash game to have it actually be the final game, I think that's kind of uh, if they finally got their uh, dues paid, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, it, it's um, I, I and I I want to like backtrack here because I just bashed like Smash Ultimate. I think the game is phenomenally good. I just, I hate the tournament rule set in terms of how long it takes right now. Um, that is my favorite Smash game to watch right now, by far. Um, I love the players in there. I love the character diversity. I mean, the game is just, I think it got up to like just 15 million in sales. Like very recently, Nintendo put out a report on it. Well-deserved. Uh, the game is great. It's just, we need to alter the tournament rule set here a little bit to make it a little bit more watchable. It's just, it's going on for far too long. But um, but yeah, so I, but I digress. Um, I want to get into the here uh, with Sonic Fox who is one of the best fighting game players of all time. He faltered here in the beginning of Mortal Kombat 11, but now he is starting to dominate. Um, And I'm I'm curious what you think we'll see from him at EVO. Yeah, Uh, so uh, I was the one who first used the word faltering uh, when speaking to you about Sonic Fox in that sense. And I mean, to make it clear, faltering for Sonic Fox is like getting third and second instead of first because Sonic right. Fox is just that good. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, so in the beginning of Mortal Kombat 11, we saw uh, different players take the big events. I think it was like the Summit of Time. I think Sonic Fox didn't win and there was... He t- you no, know, he took Summit of Time. Oh, was that when he turned around? Scar took CEO. Right, right. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah. and, and there have been a handful of others. Sonic Fox has won DTN and he won... I'm sorry. Scar took Combo Breaker. Uh, right. Sonic Fox has won CEO and DTN and then got second at Combo Breaker. And that, those those uh, two firsts in the second place is still the best record I think I could find of anybody um, out of the big events or on the the, the, com- the tour events that yeah. have happened thus far. Um, and, and like, there, Scar has won an event and then I haven't seen him in another top eight from, from the quick research that I did about this. And, like, a few guys, like, Foxy Grandpa is making top eight. He's made, like, three of them, but he's not winning, right? And, and and no one is actually winning all that much. And Sonic Fox is even winning less than you would expect him to. So, yeah. he, But he is hotter right now, so he's probably the favorite. But still, MK11 is kind of like a we'll see who wins because anything could kind of happen at this point. Yeah, so Sonic Fox was right at the beginning. I think the first two events or something like that, he didn't look as strong as you would expect him to. But after that, he's been kind of winning i'm not sure he's winning everything but he's been winning quite a bit and i think going into evo that's like the big storyline as usual when it comes to netherland games is like who can beat sonic fox and we've seen that happen before 
in Injustice 2, Dragon kind of overtook Sonic Fox. Uh, the question is if we're going to see it this time. And we also have the fact that Sonic Fox is the defending champion in an entirely different game of Dragon Ball Fighters. So how much has he been playing Dragon Ball for Evo? Is he going to get top eight in both? You know, that's going to be interesting to see. So uh, last up here, um, we, we've seen Dragon Ball Fighters have a massive drop off from year to year over at Evo. So last year they had over 2,500 entrants. And now this year they're just a bit above 1,000. So th they've lost about 1,300 entrants from the past year. Like, Nick, what are you kind of seeing with the game? Like, where do you feel like the game is at? Uh, it started off at such a hype point, And now it seems like there's definitely still fans of the games, but like the, the hype factor has died down. I think there are many things that play into that, but the most major one is obviously the trouble last year with uh, it getting canceled at tournaments last minute and everything. And I don't think, I think we still don't know exactly what happened there. It was just, it was some form of licensing thing, but we don't know what company was upset about the licensing. And it's kind of still a bit in the dark, but we had tournaments get canceled. Players got like disenfranchised with the game because how are you going to compete in a game when they might cancel after you've already bought your hotel and plane ticket and everything? Um, and that hasn't happened since then, admittedly. Mm -hmm. But I think that sour aftertaste is still in some players' mouths. But since then, I think we've seen a lot of interesting stuff. Like, Kazunoko has kind of fallen off. Uh, I think he's been focusing on other games. I know he's been playing a ton of Sam Show. Uh, Goichi has kind of risen to the top again, and you have a lot of players that are kind of like shifting upwards and downwards. So I think it it's an interesting like player situation right now with the game. Uh, I think another reason why it might be falling off a little bit, or actually two reasons why it is kind of falling off, they've been very bad at communicating their world tour. I think they announced that Versus Fighting was a world tour event like a week before or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was super weird. So they haven't really been managing the world tour in a way that they probably should if they're going to be matching up with the other guys. Because, you know, the two biggest tours are probably Street Fighter Five and Tekken Seven. Uh, or even Mortal Kombat 11 as well. And all of those guys, they announced basically the entire schedule at the beginning of the year. Like, when they established the tour, they're like, here are all the events. Yeah. In what universe does it make sense on your <clears throat> world tour where you have people competing from around the world and we don't have teleportation yet or instant transmission yeah. to let people know like a week before your event happens where it's going to be and what time? That's like... No one's going to show up to that party. Yeah. And I will jump in and mention that uh, we do hold up Capcom as a gold standard in our community, rightfully so. Uh, they do a brilliant job with their pro tour. Uh, but they have about 90 to 95% of their events announced at the very beginning. They do add a few, but not many. Not yeah. it's, it's Most of them are there, but yeah. Yeah, but even when they add them, they don't add them a week before. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, that I've never seen happen. So. I wanted to ask you, Nick, because um, we were talking about uh, Tekken being like this earned, slow rise to the top, and now it is where it is, and it continues to, you know, it'll have whatever future it does. But it almost feels, and this might not be the case at all, this is just a hot take reaction, that's why I want to talk about it, like Dragon Ball might be the inverse of that, where it had this huge inflated beginning, and it's like, I don't, maybe inflated's not the best term, because people love Dragon Ball, and it's cool, and it's flashy, and that's part of the nature of it, and it's not necessarily a wrong thing about it. But the fact of the matter is, this game was announced, and the hype went through the roof, it first came out, it was exciting, and, and, and it's not to say it isn't still, 
but we've certainly seen a drop off and it feels like I say the inverse of it got a lot and it was like a hot flame burns quick sort of scenario and the inverse to Tekken's just doing one step up the mountain at a time getting to where it's at but once it gets there it's like that foundation isn't going to be moved by much. Do you think that's at all accurate or probably not so much? I think we'll have to look back at it in about a year or two and see if that's the case, but I can see why you'd have that image right now. Yeah. But I don't I don't think it's necessarily that is the case, but it's possible that could be the case. And I think a large part of that is just experience in managing stuff like this because Harald has been in the business what 20, 30 years. He he started Tekken. He's not like Ono who like made Street Fighter 4. He made Tekken 1. And he's been with it from the start. So Harada being part of making this world tour for Tekken, I think, was a massive boon. Because he he obviously knows the scene very well as well. And then you have, uh, oh, I forget the producer's name. Is it Hiroki for Dragon Ball? Yeah, Hiroki. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she comes off as very charismatic and a very, like nice person who listens to the fans but i don't think the experience is there to make this world tour work the way it's probably supposed to and it might not even be her fault either because when it comes to something like this you have a lot of different hands in the pot because it's dragon ball it's not their own ip right so it's very different from tekken where namco decide everything when it comes to dragon ball they can't decide everything there's a lot of different companies that have a stake in it and it might not even be her fault at all. Maybe she's doing everything perfectly, but she's getting blocked by various like legal kerfuffles or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I think both of those things kind of play into it. Uh, hey, I'll throw this out here too, because I, I've heard this and I've, I've heard this around the Event Hub's chat, but mostly on Twitter and other places that Dragon Ball Fighters has issues with depth to the gameplay. That in terms of a verse game or what you would kind of expect traditionally from here, like the gameplay is much more shallow than players want it to be. And, and I'll go ahead and kind of throw that out to you guys. Like, what have you heard in terms of Dragon Ball Fighters having that issue? I, I don't know. From I, my, my response will be fairly short, which is why I'm jumping in first here. But as far as I've seen and, and more so heard, it's kind of become a lot of really long block strings and really long super animations like Bardock level 3 super happening a little too much and um, and it feels like once the initial hype of that you know like the cell yell at the beginning of the round if you will kind of metaphorically standing in there like once that's kind of died down you're left with well like what you're alluding to right now that it's not super deep and people are kind of like eh, yeah I'm kind of done watching Bardock level 3s in a long block string for forever. I feel like rather than the game not being deep itself, I think it has passable enough depth to be interesting. That's what she said. Uh, even though I, I will agree that it's not that deep compared to most fighting games, uh, at least that are being played right now. I think the bigger problem is that the character design in their movesets is fairly monotone. And whenever you have something interesting, like an interesting gimmick, it's either not good, because you have stuff like uh, Android 17's Rekkas, but they're kind of easily countered and they don't really see much use because of that. And you have stuff like Beerus's projectiles that will bounce into each other, but you can just super dash through them, so who cares? And you have stuff like Gohan. Adult Gohan is actually a strong character, but his level up function really isn't re- used because that's a really interesting function. He does the super, he levels up. He can go to level seven if he wants to, but it doesn't do much for his gameplay because he all of his main strong tools are outside of that system to begin with. 
And I think that's a big problem with the game because whenever they introduce someone who actually is a bit different and maybe has some interesting gimmicks, they're either really weak because the gimmick is hard to balance, it might be too overpowered, or the gimmick just isn't worth using because their other core tools, which are similar to other characters, are way better. I'll jump in with some history here of uh, Marvel 3 of all things. And uh, when Marvel 3 first came out, like the very dominant style of gameplay was Rushdown, right? And, and I mean, that's pretty much what you saw. Dark Phoenix, you know, everyone just kind of going crazy. And, and, you know, Wolverine with his dive kick all day long, like the troll face, you know, Wolverine dive kick thing was, was legendary. Um, it got boring after a while because every team was rushing down. And then Chris G comes out here with his Morgan Doom shell and, and makes the game very different and dynamic. And as much as people said, you know, Chris G is killing the hype of this game. It's like, well, guess what? You still tuned in to Chris G like going to play, like whenever like he lost or whenever, like we would run stories when he lost because that's how rare it was. I mean, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and that's actually when the wins Marvel type stuff actually came up. It was right from the get go. The game did not have the hype and following. It had a good amount, like, you know, the normal explosive hype, but it started to die down because there wasn't enough a variety in the play styles um, but when the variety started coming back up that's when people really started taking notice of the game again and it became uh, the biggest game in the fighting game community for a while you know and, and it's I think that that with Dragon Ball Fighters, like there's there's just as you're kind of alluding to Nick, like some of the interesting gameplay gimmicks are not very effective right now, and I think that's where people are probably writing in, like that's where you know there's not enough variety or depth or whatever you want to say, um, and I, I think that's maybe where the game is stumbling, and I, I feel that when I watch it too, it's like it's sometimes too much of the same thing. But it sounds like it's close to like just maybe a balance patch or some reworkings with the mechanics that exist already and then maybe bring in another character that does something and this is a realistic, like there's a realistic remedy that could be um, had for this. As it, as it stands right now, you have so many characters that don't even have the gimmicks to begin with. You have a few that have interesting uh. gimmicks. You have like Fusamasu has like his flight and stuff like that. You have Beerus with the orbs. Uh, Krillin has a lot of weird stuff, but he's been like bottom one the mm -hmm. entire lifetime of the game. Yeah. Uh, Android 17 has like interesting mix-ups around him. Uh, but all of these characters don't actually use that very much in their game plan. And that's kind of... I mean, Krillin probably does, and that might be why he's considered so bad um but yeah that that's kind of where the problem lies i think you wouldn't just need a balance patch i mean that would help if you did a balance patch and you maybe made these unique types of things more strong and you made new characters that had more of these unique types of things i still think you would need to address a lot of characters that are in the game right now and give them some more flavor too makes sense all right, Nick. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you and I are going to be working our butts off here for Evo, and, but also having a great time doing it. We just worked on our, our uh, coverage plan for it, and I, we're both like terribly excited. We're also nervous as all hell about what Capcom and some other companies are going to do. Um, but I mean, this is a weekend that if you love fighting games, you have to watch. Like even just for like an hour or two, uh, watch with your family. Like tell people about it. Like there is such a like if you're attending Evo, if you're watching it, there's such a moment of hype and energy that just kind of comes over you and it's just it's such a special experience um it's what we look forward to every single year and uh and yeah we're gonna be right there along with you guys so yeah for sure can't wait for summer showdown there it is all right nick thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me see you later nick later you know with that um that well that evo hype up that you just did 
it just hit me like the excitement for the event and I'm not going this year, which, Hey, if you're not going to go, this is the year to not go because of all the (laughs) the grasshoppers that are there right now, which is kind of hilarious for those of us that aren't going to be in attendance. But uh, I'm, I'm more so than anything excited to see what happens for Street Fighter V. I think that's where my uh, my heart is the most, right? So, But yeah, with, with your little speech just now, that kind of turned on the reality of Evo for me. So here we go. All right. Well, I mean, I, I hope my, my speech holds up there. Like, I mean, it's... It, it... I, there's so much to say and there's so much like not to say and I just I kind of want to let Capcom be what it's going to be without like adding any extra like expectations on them it's like I, I, I I'm just terrified of being disappointed at this point and just uh, but so um, speaking of I don't know disappointed or not well, here before you uh, before you go on uh, I wanted to ask how would you feel about being interrupted by Joe Monday. Oh, I, I'm all- Hello, hi, Joe Monday here from our Street Fighter to tell you about RSF Radio. It's a podcast where I bring on some of the most influential people in the FGC that you might not know about. See, there's a lot of people that are kind of behind the scenes, greasing the wheels, making things work that you might not know about. And I bring those people front and center to talk about what's been going on in the FGC on the day-to-day. Anyway, folks, if you want to find RSF Radio, search r slash sf radio in whatever browser, I suppose, or bit.ly slash rsf radio. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Joe Monday, I don't usually like being interrupted, but I'm okay with you doing that, so... Keep on doing your thing, man. We appreciate it. So anyway, moving on. Next up here, we have a Filipino champ. He streamed a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite development version, basically. Uh, Capcom actually issued him a copyright takedown notice on Twitch. And you know, we had a clip of, of him up on our website, you know, talking about the game that obviously is gone now. Um I think that shows they weren't too happy with him. Uh, but so if you might have missed that story there, uh, there was about 61 characters, he thinks, and 18 stages coming to the game. The game actually ended up with 36 characters total, like, you know, at, at, when all is said and done, and they, they, you know, clearly don't plan on touching the game again. Um, but placeholders don't always mean a character was a lock to show up, right? Like sometimes you have placeholders in there that just, they never amount to anything, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still quite a few more characters. It's still quite a few more plans that Capcom definitely, like they were going to do more with the game. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate. Like I, I'll just go and say that it's really unfortunate what happened to infinite because it, there the game was good in a lot of respects, but it was bad and enough for if you mess up on just a few elements of a game and, but you nail everything else. Like most people didn't compl- uh, complain about the gameplay. Most people thought, Hey, th- it's cool that we have a story mode. It's not great, but you messed up on the visuals. You messed up on the launch roster. Um, and let's say you nailed everything else. Um, just for the sake of argument, like s- people are pissed about those two things and they can't let them go. And your game now is, is much worse off for it. And it just shows like how, you have to fire on all cylinders with products like this and make sure there are very few loose ends. You can have a few loose ends, but you have to have very few of them or you're just going to piss people off. It's unfortunate. It's it's also the trap that Street Fighter V has been dealing with but hasn't succumbed to, and that's really good. Um, and it's, it, I, I don't know, I sort of liken it to, like you have this really good um, uh, building that you've made and the foundations really work. 
You know, like it, it does its job. It's gonna be fun to play. It makes you know enough sense that it's it's a it's a welcome fighting game. But then with the case of Marvel Infinite, like the cosmetics and then also the the character choice and and problems like that, which are not foundational to like if the game is playable. They are of course extremely important because of people's emotions and relationship with characters and such. But it's like it's like you have everything here, this building with its foundations and everything inside. But there's like a problem with the front door where people are having a really hard time getting in it's like who has problems with the front door you know with the mm-hmm. with the access with the entryway with these I, I don't want to call them superficial because they're definitely not they're significant but they're not the things that you would expect to be what killed the game you know you expect like if there's a foundational pillar of, of you know like they did a bad job implementing blocking and then and then so the game's unplayable you go, oh well that makes sense that would make it crash and burn something that foundational or fundamental but this was like how the characters look and stuff and it's like how do you how do you screw up on that front and and it's just it's it's sad i mean i i, I know how you screw up on that front it's totally feasible it, it happened and, and i can see how it happened but it's just it's unfortunate um yeah and that's kind of the story of infinite yeah so a pro tip out there for other you know video game developers that if, if you release screenshots of your game and people compare them to to people on meth you've probably messed something up along the way just just let you know a little pro tip there but yeah it's and and i think that's kind of the story of of infinite actually that that you take away from is like learn from this mistake Mm -hmm. like there is no excuse to repeat this mistake again um spencer looks like an alien like i I, and i i think they compared him like to winter soldier right like you know like because they they look somewhat similar right and they're like you know like you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about all that kind of (laughs) stuff and it's like there's just so many things that it's like yeah, don't do that. You know, don't don't take shortcuts. Release a finished product. Like, do a proper job with this stuff. And it's funny. Like, we say release a finished product, and and, and it's like you know, Marvel three and Street Fighter five were very much not finished products, but they did okay, right? They they didn't do great. They did okay. They weren't the um pretty much like outright failure that Infinite was. Um, but you know, it's just yeah, yeah. It's 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 hard for me to like want to stick on this subject because it's just so much like disappointment and like ah that sucks it's a lesson learned that's that's the silver lining it's a lesson learned um i don't think it'll happen again knock wood but uh but yeah and and hopefully that's what we take away from it and ultimately we're better for having had the experience there it is so moving along here john you've been you've been exploring on our website some love passion hurt and anger pieces here when it comes to Street, Street Fighter Five, and, and I mean, this is like the conflicting emotions of the game right now. And, and I think that some of these problems are so foundationally built like it's either that you kind of love or hate the game or, or whatever with it you know like it, it's it's just very polarizing right yeah um and i think it's really cool how you've been exploring these articles on the website because you've even actually had some notable names in the community who you know i don't want to you know shout people out here because i don't know if they've given us permission to say it but very notable names in the community like capcom cup level players who ha- have written you and said hey I'm feeling similar to like how you're feeling, you know, about this. And thank you so much for like, you know, reaching out and talking about this. And it's just, we need to have this discussion because if we don't talk about it, like these problems don't get resolved. We don't have a voice in the room talking about why, you know, why this is messed up and why it needs to be fixed. Yeah. It's not, where do I start here? I guess there hasn't been much in the way of new street fighter five stuff to talk about. And so there is some redundancy or, or rather it's like to go back and look at, well, what do we have and what are we feeling and where is the community right now given our situation? And that's led me to kind of dig into, well, what do we have in front of us? Because we can only talk so much about 
what might be coming and we've done that amply but like well what do we have right now and that relates to the whole what might be coming too because it's like well what do we want changed and as i do that like to me the game has fallen to a place of where i'm feeling more or less apathetic and Mm -hmm. um like i'll play it i enjoy the competition i enjoy um seeing who wins when i go to my locals and such but really the the even that doesn't feel like it's cool when there's a prize at the end there's a monetary prize and it's cool when there's you know rank uh, like randbat points where you can you know there's this long-term competition so it matters but as far as like the interaction between two people it's possible to play a game in street fighter 5 where you're where you're really you know exploring footsies and not doing just do it moves but so often it doesn't come down to that and to me, it's just not very satisfying to to win and extremely frustrating to lose. And it's happened so many times that I've I've kind of just fallen to this place of, like I say, a little bit of apathy. And anything that I write here, it's like, well, I'm doing it because I I, I want to play Street Fighter. You know, I want Street mm-hmm. Fighter to thrive. I don't want the, the, the end, the chief end of all this is not so I can say something negative about something else. This is me trying to be as honest as possible from where I am someone that that really explores this plays it looks at it critically watches other people play it and and ultimately like if i can contribute a voice to like well i think that maybe it would be better if we went in this direction like that's that's excuse me where i'm coming from so i mean i've I've written a a few pieces i don't know what you know what directions you want to specifically what rabbit holes you specifically want to go down or yeah i'll I'll jump in there actually and just say that that why this has resonated with me again my my feelings about street fighter 5 are very crystal clear i love the game favorite street fighter game ever you know um and, and but why this stuff resonates with me is i'm seeing this come from an angle of truth from you i know you're not writing this just to bash street fighter 5 you want to enjoy the game you want to and it's just like you're getting caught up on different things about it and actually that's that's where i wanted to go to next is like what's fundamentally bothering you about the game you touched on it a little bit there but can you elaborate like on the specific things that are that are getting to you like like damn it like i i hate the situation that's happening right now or like what is what is getting to you it's it comes down to well they wanted to make it a a prediction game more than a reaction game they wanted to make it a chess match um more than they than like a quick draw shootout i wrote that article like right as the game was releasing back in 2016 and i keep going back to it after i i've (laughs) i find that it's more and more true in ways that i didn't even realize when i first wrote it but it keeps going back and keeps coming up to being true and for me what I personally want to do when I'm playing a fighting game, and I think this is probably true for a lot of other people, uh, especially those that, that kind of started competitive, competitively with Street Fighter 4, and it sounds like the other, other generations of Street Fighter to varying degrees as well, um, although I can't speak for them because I didn't grow up, quote-unquote, in those generations. But it, to me, I, I want to play a game where I can, you know, see my opponent and, and, and like, react to what they're doing and rely on that more so than see what their general plans are and then next time that situation comes up say i think you're gonna go rock so i'm gonna go paper and then like to me that's less satisfying than seeing them in real time pulling out rock and so therefore i have to immediately switch over to paper so it's 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 more of a prediction the the skill in street fighter 5 is to be able to identify your opponent's patterns and that's significant that is a skill and and some people are better at doing that than other people and and there are reactions and the first like you know the first half of every round more or less is usually footsie based 
But then it kind of just devolves into just do it in 50-50s and predictions. And to me, that doesn't come out as satisfying. So, Yeah, I just want to jump in before we get too far down this rabbit hole sure. and mention that like, if, if this is too disconnected for people who are like, oh, John Velociraptor, who's that dude? Who cares? And stuff like that. Well, guess what? Like Daigo Imahara just echoed one of the things that you said very recently here on stream in front of everyone. You know, And he said that he was playing against a Monot player, right? Mm-hmm. And the Monot player, uh, near and dear to my heart, you know, uh, she's, she's using or he is using her standing light kick quite a bit to counter frame traps and different things or just kind of blow up what Daigo's doing. He realizes that like right off the bat. He uses it as as an emergency. Like Daigo identifies that that's the guy's like, oh, oh, crap button. And exactly. Exactly. And so uh, he immediately starts uh, frame trapping him. And and the first time he frame traps, it doesn't work. But the next two or three times he does it, it works because he he's able to identify that this player is using this as a crutch and he's able to break down his tendencies and he's not relying on reactions and not even fundamentals because fighting game fundamentals are often about reactions and about like different things that we're kind of used to in Street Fighter games that Street Fighter five has. It definitely has not done away with, but it has definitely minimized that aspect of the game and and, and that's you know comes down to a preference type thing so i I just wanted to bring that out that it's not just you saying this this is one of the best fighting game players of all time one of the most educated and knowledgeable fighting game players saying the exact same thing as you and he's not saying that it's a bad thing and i think daigo's trying to kind of stay a little more politically correct and not jump onto any you know sides of an issue as it were um but yeah, so like the 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 adjustment for me, like I was playing one of my um, one of the best players here in Arizona last weekend, and he plays Guile, and he was just blowing me up with normals, right? It, just in the horizontal, I'm playing Nikali, he's playing Guile, um, similar to when I was playing um, our our M Lizard at Combo Breaker a, a, a year ago. My I was getting destroyed on the ground, and my adjustment was, well, you're getting poked at this range, so if you move to that range, but instead of trying to get in, you just start pressing high-priority crush counter buttons, there's a good chance that you're going to catch his normals. And so that was my adjustment, and it's like go stand at sweep distance and start hitting, just spamming heavy punch and, and roundhouse. Not quite spamming, but that was the adjustment. It wasn't see it, manipulate, and like, you know, just fly through the tight curve and then hit the you know hit the target perfectly, which is what I want to do. It was well stand here and press this button and see if that works. And the thing is though, if it doesn't work, then you're whiffing heavy buttons and those can be whiff punished, right? And so I, I don't know. It's just again, it, it comes down to not feeling very rewarding and it's it's prediction. And and when Daigo did did that adjustment on stream, like that was good. That was smart. There was a sense of reward that you get for doing that. It just isn't really the thing that I think I want to experience. And I don't think it's what maybe some of the Street Fighter 4 and Street Fighter 3 crowds, I would probably argue, want to experience when they're playing a fighting game. But one thing that Daigo did say is uh, that, well, he first compared 5 to the adjustments that you would have to make in 4. And he said something to the effect of, um, you don't have to know your opponent's tendencies um, on such an intricate level for, for Street Fighter 4. Like, you could just have a basic idea of what they like to do um, and then just hang back and play safely, and that would usually be enough to get you the win. You yes. can't really do that on, on 5. You have to still take the risks while you're trying to 
to counter your opponent. And so if your guess, if your if your more generalized guess counter was wrong, then you're punished for it, and then you feel dumb because you were just sitting there whiffing heavy punches. And there's something that feels kind of fundamentally wrong about that. If you, you yeah, anyways, uh, but then he goes to Street Fighter Two, and he says, "But you know, there was even less room for skills in SF Two than SF Five. So, <laughs> and by that, I think he means really though that you couldn't figure out someone in a single game or a two out of three in Street Fighter Two because it was even more so about predictions. It was. I, I'm a tournament level Street Fighter Two player, so I don't mind chiming in on yeah. this one. I, I I know exactly what Daigo's saying. The volatility in Street Fighter 2, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo is legendary. Uh, if you think the volatility is high in Street Fighter 5, play Street Fighter 2. And, and that is a game that held up, you know, uh, forget the exact release date, I think it was 1994, 1993, somewhere around there. Uh, and I mean, it held up, you know, in tournaments and still is actually played in tournament to this very day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. But people also accepted it for what it was. It's an expectations right? thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so it can thrive in that. It can be that. And it's okay that it's that. And people have fun doing that. And there is very much and clearly a world, and here's a, an example, the biggest example of fighting games in a lot of respects, showing you that this style of game can be fun. But it's also different than Street Fighter V in a lot of other ways that uh, where where if you're, you're going to do this approach... Maybe don't do it quite like Street Fighter Five, you know. So yeah, I mean, so actually, I, I want to get a bit more into that because I, I again, I love that you're coming from this perspective of all things because it's filling in a lot of blanks for me because I've been through this a lot of times before. Like, I mean, if you if you survive a few generations of of Street Fighter games, you're in it for life, right? Mm. And you you've kind of come to accept like this is a part of things, right? And, and I, I want to go back here to Street Fighter Four specifically because there, there's a lot of people who started with event hubs or started with fighting games with this game, and Street Fighter Five is their first time having having to transition to a brand new generation of fighting games, mm-hmm. and. And again, so Daigo, as you mentioned, he said you could rely on safe options in Street Fighter 4 and totally get by. And I hated that, especially covering yourself with numerous option selects. It's like, well, you know what? I don't even have to take a risk here. I don't have to make any reads. I can just do safe stuff over and over again, and you're going to break your teeth on that. And the moment you mess up or do something wrong, I kill you. And so I'm, I'm able to turn my brain off and go into autopilot mode to some extent, right? Like, we know that's death in fighting games, even in Street Fighter 4. But just the amount that you're not having to expend mental energy or do things because the game is basically playing itself for you if you input the code. And, and I hated that with a passion. It's like, oh, I've got to save, you know, FADC stuff. And they, they changed it to negative five, right? Like, that stuff bothered the hell out of me. So here comes Street Fighter Five and says, screw all that. If you want to do, like, an FADC, you're going to commit. You're going to commit to everything. If you're going to do a DP and invincible reversal, you're going to set yourself up for huge punishments. There's no um, there's no throw tech option selects, which is huge, which is a gigantic, um, uh, like, just changing of the guard in terms of defensive play, right? Like, all this stuff got changed on his head, but... I think they went too far. I think that you know the the beauty of Street Fighter is that you should have a balance of offense and defense. They should be about 50-50. I don't think you're ever going to get a perfect 50-50, but I think you can get pretty close to each other. And that's typically been the history of Street Fighter. I think uh, SF4 was well-balanced in that regard. I think SF3 was, as long as you played a, a top-tier character. Um, and I think like Alpha 2 was way too balanced towards defense. And then I think Super Turbo was, was too balanced towards offense and kind of going in. But it, there was... It wasn't too bad, right? It, so there, there's a history of the pendulum swing, swinging back and forth in both regards throughout franchise history. Um, and it's oftentimes, it's actually been a 
let's correct the mistakes of our past and try to figure this out and evolve the gameplay forward. And when you evolve the gameplay forward, when you change up stuff that people fundamentally love, just like you're talking about here, John, you risk alienating them. You risk that 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 new player not wanting to evolve with you when you have that brand new iteration of your game. And this actually brings me to a fundamental question I thought of while you were talking about all this stuff, mm -hmm. is that is it okay for these games to evolve like they have, you know, from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5, or do we want to go back to like, hey, you know what, fighting games are what they are, let's make this a greatest hits version of Street Fighter where all the stuff that you love is here, and, and this is how it works. And, and a very quick example of like, you know, to bring that a little bit closer to home here would be um, parries from Street Fighter 3 to Street Fighter 4. They were not transferred over. They became, you know, the FADC or uh, the focus attack, I should say. And, you know, and then obviously from Street Fighter 4 to Street Fighter 5, we got rid of all the option selects. It became a very commitment heavy, uh, you know, comeback mechanic monster of a game, all that kind of stuff. Like it has not been a greatest hits version. It's been like, here's the brand new version of stuff that you were familiar with before. But but how do you feel? I think that if you're talking about this kind of spectrum pendulum swinging back and forth, I think that there have been examples of success on both sides of, of a game being tilted toward offense and of a game being tilted toward defense. Um, not perfection, but success. And, and I think the reason why is because to say, like, if Street Fighter needs to be more offensive or needs to be more defensive, I think is too broad and not nuanced enough of of an analysis because I think both can can work. What it comes down to is whatever route you go, you need to have the risk and reward of what you're doing be balanced. If I do this thing and it it, it, it has this much potential, then it should carry this much risk. And and I don't think that I think there are way too many holes in Street Fighter Five. Uh, well, not way too many. There are enough in Street Fighter V that it, it ultimately detracts from the experience enough to get me to feel where I feel. Now, you were talking about Street Fighter IV where there were situations where the defense was so good that there was so little risk and then a lot of reward. And I think that would be an example of it, of, of, of a risk-reward situation, um, especially because of, off, of uh, option selects being uh, being imbalanced on the defensive side of things, right? So I think what it really comes down to is you can go whatever direction you want and I would encourage like Capcom keep hitting different spots on the on the on the spectrum here and find out you know what works because I think there are a lot of different places where things could go well. I think you could probably get almost any spot save for maybe the fringes and make a game that works really well. But you have to pay attention to the specific risk rewards of every single one of your moves moves, normals, specials, how the mechanics work, and say, is there an appropriate amount of risk for, for what the reward is from this? And, um, and that's kind of, I, I think if you follow that, that's a low enough, fundamental enough approach that whatever you build on top of it, if you have that foundation, there's a good chance that everything else is going to be successful. I would take things in a little bit of a different approach here. Um, and I, I think that our, our experiences are so often shaped by the characters that we play, right? I mean, and that's very true in fighting games. We, we dedicate so much time to these characters. We're, we're not married to them, but we're not entirely removed from that prospect either. We, we spend so much time and dedication with them, um, and that shapes our experiences so much. And you're always going to have character and, and balances and flaws and whatnot. There's always going to be kind of a, a upper tier, and it usually gets you know a little bit more compressed as time goes on. And so I worry about balancing from that aspect. And where I think it's more healthy to, ba to balance from is a 
a gameplay mechanics uh, standpoint, which is something you touched on. And I think that if those two aspects are married really well and you have kind of like a 50-50 offense and defense situation, I think you're good to go. And where I think actually Street Fighter V fails itself is that, okay, so your offensive mechanics are generally V-trigger, um, V-skill to some extent. You don't have too many defensive V-skills, right? And that, again, really feeds into the whole V-trigger system. And then your one defensive mechanic in this game that, that's core to everyone is V-reversals. Mm-hmm. And those are kind of a bit of a joke, actually, in this game. They're Unless not, you're Karen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a few characters and a few you know players who get and by with them. them on I, offense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but even Punk, actually, uh, I think he was using them against Bonchan. And Bonchan's like, nah. You're, you ain't doing that. I've been watching your footage, and yes. you're gonna die for that. And and he did. Yeah. Um. So died like being relative uh, to like you know three two grand final resets like coming down to the very wire last round whatever. But anyway, um. Uh. V reversals are are not a dominant defensive mechanic in this game. And and I mean that's that's very you know true. I don't think there's any case like any character that has just a dominant V reversal where it changes everything. It's the, their best V reversals like help you reverse momentum so you can go on offense right. And I mean yeah. So anyway. Anyway, I, I think that's where Street Fighter V fundamentally fails. And actually, something you've spoken about, and something I would like to see is, um, I think it's I think it's too late tr- to dramatically overhaul what Street Fighter V is right now. But if you add a defensive mechanic to the game that helps even out the crazy 50-50s Bonchan was talking about, like he's like, any player can do a 50-50. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty true. You hit like a fierce button, you hit the um, the two heavy buttons, and, and then like you go into a 50-50 mix-up. And it's like, that's not hard to do. Most players can do that after a short period of time. And, and you, you know, you're, the other players left with a 50-50 where if they guess wrong, they're, they're losing like 50, 60, 70% of their health or whatever. They're losing a lot and then they're in a bad Oki situation, right? That's not a high level skill to pull that off um and i that's what the game is though at this point and so what i would like to see is um what something you called like a double v reversal or like a souped up v reversal basically that would um my idea would be to push the other player back about like five steps and it's like pretty much impossible to counter maybe you could super it if you knew it was coming maybe there's like one way to counter it or something that you can do with it but for the most part it's really hard to do anything against it and it just gives you a little bit of breathing room for when these mix-ups come up. And my idea to kind of balance that like for zoners and stuff would be that until the other player pops their V-trigger, this this double V-reversal is not available to you. Like you can only do it when that other V-trigger comes out and it's just kind of a way of offsetting the crazy mm. frame advantage and other stuff that happens the moment you pop V-trigger. Yeah, that's interesting because immediately like, well, I go, well, what do you do about Guile who now gets to immediately push you off of him? But that's, it's interesting if it's like direct counter to V-triggers. The other thing is if you buff up V reversals and they spend V gauge, you're going to see less V triggers because people will have a reason to use their V meter in a different way. Right now, to use a V reversal is a big deal because one, it might not even work. Two, you're spending a full bar and you're not getting towards that big win button that is the V trigger, you know? Uh, the the fact that V triggers are linked to, like, again, this goes to the, the game's risk reward. You get hit, you build up your biggest gun. Like, maybe, may, you know, especially if you're like mm-hmm. your Abigail, it's like, hey, I'm just going to, like you said before, take a bunch of risks because, hey, they either worked out for me or they worked out for me because I got hit and got closer to V trigger. So, I mean, what kind of, what kind of contest is that? You know, that's yeah. starting to become way one player right there. And it, it, it's the thing I go back to, and this is Street Fighter history. Like, there, there's that argument. I've heard that argument like 
over the entire span of years I've been playing Street Fighter, and it started with Supers and Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo. It's like, well, why not just do a bunch of random moves, and I can come back and hit you with a 50-60% you know, damage combo, because that's what Super Combos did initially um, for most characters. Unless, like, you're but that wasn't negative. a revenge mechanic. You got Super Combo for, for doing the attacks. Yeah, but I mean, you have players like Daigo and other people who were smart and just jumped backwards and did defensive stuff all day long uh, and did like air hurricane kicks that were totally safe and built up a super combo. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, there was there's always that argument there. Right. And there's always counters to it. And um, so I, I get what you're saying. I just I, I think it's a little bit more nuanced than, than what you're relaying to it. It's not wrong. It's just I think there's more there. Right. Well, I don't see how the super super combos relate to what I'm saying as far as the, the V-trigger and the way the V-triggers work. Right. Like, why not? Well, um, so what I'm saying is, so in Street Fighter Five, like, yeah, that was a way to play with Abigail. Like, okay, I'm just going to take hits. But the drawback was, like, you're losing a bunch of your life and you have a very poor defensive character. So if I have a really good character at rushing you down, you're taking a lot of risk that probably are not going to work out in your favor. It did work out in your favor if you were playing against a zoning character and that was bad, you know, gameplay design right so that had to be altered it didn't work in some matchups but um it did work in some i mean so. it worked enough for abigail that, that like once he got v trigger when we talked about this forever last year right while it was a big problem it could that was when the round started you know that was when exactly. like he it, then now he gets to do his thing it didn't matter how much life he had left that was almost insignificant well it wasn't but to an extent and that's how people talked about it because it was it was very polarizing it was too polarizing and it did get changed like, and they fixed and that's, it they yeah, fixed they, it yeah yeah, it, it mostly got fixed. And I mean, that, there's a history of that, right? Like a history of too much reward for risk and all that. I just, and that's where I'm getting into the, let me let me find a good way of articulating. Where, where I'm trying to say with this is that it's true, but like we're sometimes just scratching the surface of how true it is. Like there's, there's so much more to like seeing the forest through the trees, basically. There's so much more to the picture than just what we're sometimes seeing. Um, that, that would be how I would say it. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah, I, I, to get back into this, though, like, I, I would really like to see offense toned down again in Street Fighter V. Like, I mean, and they've already done some of that by reducing input lag. And you go, well, how does that work? And it's like, well, when more footsies and more kind of, like, traditional Street Fighter play are there, like, that increases the defense kind of organically, right? We're seeing characters like uh, Karen now do quite well. Colleen's better. Like, a bunch of the more footsie-based characters are stronger now, where in previous seasons you saw a lot more of, like, the robbery and kind of just-do-it characters be a lot stronger. What if That's, we had? To, mm -hmm. What if we had to, um, like, if if V trigger cancels off of normals and specials were no longer positive, they're either punishable or at least not plus. You yeah, know, so you I, don't get like a free mix up with your strongest situation for a lot of characters by just getting up and doing a heavy move or something and then canceling. Like Falk and Birdie have these V triggers that that's not the case. You know, like a, a, a even like Ken doing his DP into V trigger, you can punish that. It it makes sense to me, especially with how powerful V trigger is. It's like, well, first of all, you probably didn't earn it. You probably got hit to get to it. Most of most of the characters have to do that. It's like, well, then make them earn the activation at the very least. Yeah, I, I have a, a note here actually exactly about that, that there are a lot of things here that could potentially work. And we talk about this stuff a lot, like how this would work on paper, how we think this could go together, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is one of those scenarios. It's like, how would this work? And, and the good part about Capcom is they take a lot of these suggestions and they they make a build on it, right? And they try this stuff out to see how it would go. Um, sometimes what we talk about and what we think would go over really well does not translate very well on paper. And a great example of that would be um, you and I talking about Rashid's nerfs, I think in season three. Uh, and, and I think you and I came on the podcast or we did an article or something like that. And we're like, they went too far. Rashid's going to be obliterated. 
And guess what? Uh, Rashid's the number one character. Uh, unanimous opinion there uh, the, on our entire staff. Like, we were wrong. Like, well, on paper. Did I say is, they went too far? I feel like. We, we both said they went too far. We were like, I'll oh my gosh. Like, if, they if, you can, if you can pull up the text uh, yeah. of, the t- of the chat. Yeah, it, it, I remember it for sure. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure at least. Uh, it's, we both talked about it. I couldn't believe it and all that. And But I mean, again, it's, it's these games are not played on paper. Like, and, and some of the things that we think are going to be dominant are incredible. Like, they don't end up. And I, I remember, I don't want to put anyone on blast here and, and say, you know, totally off base and stuff. But I remember, like, Vega's um, season 2.5 changes, I think it was. And there were a bunch of pro players going on and on about how Vega mm-hmm. was going to be an incredible character. And he ended Never up still low tier. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it's just it's one of those type of things where it, it's it's we do throw this stuff out there. But without the ability to actually test it ourselves, it's like it's hard. Sure. Um, and, and I, I, but I do, I think we can all agree that like, it's just like, damn it. Like there's just a little bit too much, like offense is a problem in street fighter five. Like it's just too much unearned offense, as you said before. And, but the fact that we are talking about that now as a community, Bonchan is addressing it. Other people are addressing it. Capcom pays attention to this stuff. Uh, we, we see it co- constantly, like on our website and other places, like we'll mention something and we'll see it go up or, you know, someone on Twitter will mention something and Capcom will be working on that. They are paying attention to, uh, the loudest voices in the room. I'll, I'll just kind of say like a top player, uh, well-known personality, all that kind of stuff. They do see that stuff and they do try to address it. You're right about it, it, we don't know that it'll work until it, it actually hits the game, and then even further until we explore it for an ample amount of time. But we also have to work with what we have in front of us. And I'm thinking, like, man, if Capcom, I'm picturing them saying, like, one of the changes we've made is uh, V, like, like V trigger cancels are no longer safe on block. You got to earn. You got to get like a knockdown or something. And then similar to like how G has, to, if he wants to level up, he's got to sacrifice the Oki so that he can level up. Like, hey, that's kind of cool. That makes sense, and it, it, it adds a layer of depth to the game, and it's. You know, it's a thing. If they did that with V-Triggers, like, I don't know that it would work, but I have a big hunch based on my experience with fighting games and, and Street Fighter V that it would be something that would help the the pendulum, the, the, the particular pendulum that's out of whack and too far to one direction with Street Fighter V. This would do something to not perfectly correct it. I still don't think it would be perfect by any means, but I think it would move it towards where I would hope the game would go in, in a somewhat significant manner. And so I would be very excited to see this. And no, you couldn't know for sure, but I think that this would be, if they did that, that'd be like, Capcom, you're listening you have your finger on the pulse and this is the direction you want to go and they've nerfed these kind of things before they've nerfed the damage and stuff so they they know they know they know it's an issue yeah and i mean but what now that what the side effect would be is i personally feel like a character like nikali would get obliterated for this change because he's so heavily based around his v trigger and his activations on it that if you're organically nerfing those kind of across the board i think he's going to be a way worse character yeah it'd be harder for nikali for sure but i'd rather see that i'd rather sacrifice that thing that is really powerful about my character and say you know what i'll earn the hit i'll, I'll definitely earn the hit um it, like it's it, for nicali it's like well now you have to get a stray ground pound and knock someone down with that then you can activate or now you have to like score your target combo and instead of following up you know get that whiff punish and then use that time to activate and now they have to deal with big nicali but at least you earned it you didn't walk up into roundhouse range press roundhouse and be plus 10 now with with super saiyan nicali in your face yeah, or you didn't play Akuma and do an air fireball and be plus 22. Or, but, or yeah, yeah <laughs> whiff fireball. Akuma yeah. can throw a whiffed fireball, and if you so jump ridiculous. the fireball, you're eating a full combo. <laughs> it's fair, man. It's Akuma. That's, that's what he does. He Double Monopoly money. That's right. So anyway, um, I'll just mention here before we move on that um, these are big sweeping changes to Street Fighter V. 
I don't think we're going to see these in a 0.5, like, you know, season 4.5, if we even get that at that point. Um, I don't think we're going to see it there because it's just like, this is a big deal. This is fundamentally changing how a lot of the game plays. Uh, again, it's still going to be Street Fighter Five at the end of the day. You're still going to get your butt rushed down. It's just going to be like, you know, instead of a, an 8 out of 10, it's maybe going to be like a 7 or a 6. That's pretty significant overall if you're affecting every cast member. Um, but I don't think you can do that mid-season. Big changes, Capcom. Have balls. Have yeah. balls and do it. Yeah, we're at the end of the game's lifespan. I mean, not totally at the end, but I mean, we're at a point where it's like, do it, in my opinion. It's I, I think that people are still going to be fans of the game. And again, I, whatever goes down to making more thoughtful play, I'm all for. And it's like, I don't think V-Triggers are very thoughtful at this moment in time. And I'm not very happy with characters that are entirely based around like a V-Trigger, like I hit you once and you die. You know, I, I know there are fans of that, but it's like, give me a few more opportunities to make a read in there, right? Like that's that's kind of like, that's why I'm playing these games, right? So anyway. I mean, Ultra got, Ultra got a whole new focus mechanic yep. with red focus. They got oh, delayed yeah. wake up changes and a whole balance patch. And that was like for the for the last year and a half or so of that game. I, I think that they could, I they need to change Street Fighter V significantly. And I don't even think that this particular change, the, the cancel change would be uh, too big. I think this fits in the realm of like, hey, well, we don't have to change the game's identity too much. Um, I don't think this is even as big as they could do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It could, it could fit really well. Um, I'll just mention uh, on unintended side effects because I love that you mentioned Red Focus because I go back to Yun in Street Fighter yeah. 4 who was one of the best characters in the game. They added Red Focus and made him even better. And, and I mean, you know, they had to nerf the character down a bunch, but like Red Focus was a buff for Yun. And it, it's like, oh, great. And that's the unintended consequence. But this is a universal happen. nerf. And so, like, yeah, maybe yeah. some characters have a little harder time against Akuma or Rashid because they don't have their, their easy thing. But at least Akuma and Rashid don't have the thing either. It's kind of a universal yeah. nerf. Yeah, I, it, it's, I'm all for it. But it just it makes me chuckle because I hated Yana so much in that freaking yeah. game. It's like, you're like dive kick and hope you like, well, I, I better not finish that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I, we got a next segment coming up here uh, and, and it's called, uh, Do You Mind? I'm Kicking My Own Ass. And that is because I played myself and Street Fighter V uh, on my PSN account, uh, in my PC account. Um, because I was trying to drain my PSN account of points because I don't know another way of draining it because I want my son to actually be able to play on there and, and have an okay experience and not be, you know, stuck in like freaking super diamond for, you know, a bunch of, you know, bunch of time. Like I wanted to go all the way down to bronze so he can actually enjoy playing Street Fighter V online and, and you know, be matched with people at his level. Um, but I actually had some interesting takeaways from this. Like I saw some things um, from, from the matchmaking on both sides, right? As I'm, you know, just sitting there and with my PSN account, I'm just like literally holding towards like on the joystick and letting people kill me so my points go down right mm -hmm. uh, and some people of all things like they saw me like afk and like started teabagging me and i'm like thanks <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what i expected playing online right but anyway so uh both accounts set to five bars only and i actually only got matched with myself twice in an hour and a half um there was a fair amount of people on here too like it was i, I want to say probably about 30 people on would be my guesstimate that would you know fall into my criteria range at that point um but watching how matchmaking took place it looks like it's actually fairly inefficient in how it selects a match for you to play. And I don't know what the criteria that Capcom puts into place um, there to restrict like who you're matched up with or not, but it just did not seem to be working as efficiently as you would expect. And it's something where if you shave off a few seconds of time, you're doing a huge favor for the online community. You are saving people like it's, oh, hey, you know, let's shave off like five seconds of like, you know, looking for a match for people well over an hour span you know maybe that adds up to like five or ten minutes where you're just not sitting there waiting for a match to come 
right? Mm -hmm. And and that is just the type of like kind of quality of life stuff I would love to see at this point in time. And, and you know, and figure this stuff this, this stuff out for Street Fighter Six or whatever other fighting games you do, right? Um, but anyway, being master ranked uh, on my PC account and then Super Diamond definitely affected who I got matched up with. Um, people people with higher league points LP. Um, that clearly tried to get me matched up with people at my skill level more often than not. Like I rarely ran across like diamond ranked people on my master ranked account. Um, but on my, my super diamond account, like I got diamond ranked like all the time. And, and so I, that part is good. Like I'm like, okay, so I see why Capcom's like being a little more, more selective on their criteria of who they match you up with. Right. Cause they're, they're really trying to, and, and you know, this experience very well, you're a grandmaster ranked player. Uh, you know what happens when you lose to a diamond ranked for those people who don't know, please tell them. Um, well, uh, when you lose to a diamond, I think you can gain 35 points for beating a diamond ranked player, but when you lose, you lose like 120. Um, yes. and, and that's actually like, as we're, we're saying that as a negative, but it used to be that the, the window for, <laughs> it's the opposite of what you're saying here. Uh, the window was a lot bigger, but you would get like platinum players. And oh so then God. when you got like platinum Urian back in like season two and they, uh, they beat you with, you know, some robbery stuff you'd lose like 200 points and you stood to gain like five. So mm. it felt that that was a big problem in the online grind. So for, for me personally, like I've, I, I think I've been a master and grandmaster since they updated the, uh, the way the search works and that you like, they've, they've narrowed the, the skill level to be much closer to where you are. I've never gotten matched up with someone less than diamond rank. And I think that that's fair. Cause I've seen the other side of it where you're playing still against like platinum players while you're in diamond and above. Mm -hmm. And that was just no bueno. It just like you, the, the risk reward right there was terrible too. Cause I'm risking 200 points to win five and in street fighter five being as volatile and it was online and there was input lag. It was just, ugh. Man, those are some dark days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a the game will punish you for getting that high up there, and it's much better now, as you mentioned. But I wanted to illustrate for you know listeners who haven't gotten that high in the ranks. Like, if you go two and one against a diamond rank player at that level, you're losing points. Oh, you you're, you you're overall are, half of what you could have almost yes. almost half. Yes, you need to be really on your game to at that point, like when you've hit those ranks. It's it's pretty brutal, but it's fine. It's like, look, if you have that much more skill than your opponent, like it's it's certainly a hell of a lot better than it was. So, um, yeah. but anyway, uh, so so back to it. Um, connection actually seemed because I I mentioned before that I had five bar, you know, only connections type stuff, and obviously I've you know got two accounts on the same like internet, right? And so I assume that the connection would be a, a stronger, you know, ranking metric for matchmaking and whatnot. It actually seemed definitely like a secondary thing in terms of, like league points. LP was definitely number one. And, and then the connection like was kind of like a secondary type thing. I wasn't getting people with like, you know, three bar connections or anything like that. But it's like Capcom's like, no, we want your skill to be the deciding factor overall. So I was like, oh, okay. So that actually made some good sense to me. And I can see a lot of the logic that Capcom has built into the system now. Like once I pulled back the curtain and have seen the matchmaking on both sides, I thought it was pretty cool. Hmm. Right. So when I say that, that it's inefficient though, um, again, I, I just, I go back to like, there are times where your connection just seems like it's sitting there and I'm, I'm sitting there just waiting for a match. And it's like, Capcom, like just shave off like five seconds of this crap. Like you're, you're, you're too selective or too restrictive or there's, there's some kind of inefficiency in there. Like having a programming background, this is just what it really seems like where it's like, you're doing something that you probably don't need to be doing that if you take it out, it's like everyone who plays online is going to enjoy the experience that much more. 
right? Yeah. That that's kind of what I'm getting at, and and it's just it's seeing it from that perspective. It was very eye opening to me, and perhaps I'm wrong there, but it's just like when you have both clients up and you're just seeing everything happen all at once. It's just it's like ooh, this is a little bit too not efficient, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving along here, uh, load times on the PSN are awful. Uh, I'd get to the V-Trigger select screen. Uh, so I got matched up with myself a few times, right? And my countdown timer on my PC would be at three seconds overall. Uh, and then that was actually before the PlayStation 4 had fully loaded up. Uh, the same uh, being matched up against myself. So uh, V-Trigger selection screen timers, are, they're not synced at all. You know, it's based on when your client loads. So whenever you load up, like you've got 10 seconds to select your V-Trigger. So if you're ever wondering how come like your opponent's like, seems like way lagging behind you or whatever like they're probably having you know slower load times um that part of the game is not synced so hmm. anyway um I, I don't think there's a lot capcom can do about the ps4 being a piece of garbage that the system just sucks <laughs> i mean the load times are a thing on pc2 they're just much less of a thing uh and the playstation 4 is just a crappy console uh, in my opinion you know and, and so um, I got to piggyback yeah. off that really quick. Uh, one of my quick shout outs for this podcast, I didn't want to spend too much time on it, but um, David Serlin of uh, previously of HD Remix fame, he's his finals or um, fantasy strike. We've known about that for a while in the FGC has finally come out. The game is built by fighting game players for fighting game players. It, it acknowledges the, the us as FGC members on very, very deep levels. So that right there is a pretty big win, I think. But if you go to the website, there's everything that you could possibly want to know if you're new or if you're a, a seasoned veteran in fighting games. It, it really dots the I's and crosses the T's. Um, and one of the things on the uh, the crossplay page, because it's for PC, Switch, and PS4, they go in on Sony for not playing nice with others and when it comes to crossplay. They crossplay with PC, but they don't crossplay with Switch. And whoever whoever it was um, that wrote that particular FAQ page wrote like six different times because of Sony's restrictions and like they'll put that like it's unfortunately not you know we, we're not compatible between Sony and Switch because of Sony's restrictions and it comes up all over the place and then there's a big banner image on the very top of it all that has um, the the emblems for or the logos for Switch Sony and, and Steam and there's like a heart between Switch and Steam and then there's a big like do not cross line for Sony and they're just going in on them. And, and Sony's traditionally been like the last one to agree to cross play when it came to Fortnite and uh, Rocket League, which are the two big games that have finally got to cross play. I think so far there might be a few others that I'm missing, but yeah, they've been, uh, they've been a stickler about that too. And Serlin good on you for, <laughs> for give them a good jab there. Also everyone go play fantasy strike. See if you like it. Cause there's a good yeah. chance you will. Yeah. Serlin does good work. Very good work. Very bright guy. Um, and yeah, it's just it's Sony. I'm not the you know first or last person that's going to bash him for some of their policies and approaches with uh, PlayStation 4. And it's like, look, like drop this garbage, guys. But anyway, yeah. um, I digress. Uh, I could rant about Sony probably for, you know, five hours here. Yeah. But um, eh, anyway, but they have an uh, announcement at Evo. Is yeah. it the Street Fighter 6 going to be on Sony only? Yeah, <laughs> they're going to they're going to sponsor the podcast one day. They're like, well, what do you think about us oh, now? And be like, well, it. you know what? We like money more than we hate Sony. Yeah, so I really want to say something right now. But yeah, anyway, but um, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, I, I will just say that I, I said that the load times um, on the PlayStation, like there's not too much they can they can do like. But I do mean that's like when loading a match. Um, like when you first start up Street Fighter Five, there's actually a lot 
Capcom could do, and that would mean just like users not waiting to log in before they're able to get to like the you know the the splash screen, the intro screen from Street Fighter Five. That actually would not take a lot of work for them to do, in my opinion. Uh, what I know, you know, on this end, and it's like that would shave off like every single time you start the game, probably about five to ten seconds of not having to sit there and wait for something to happen. And, and if those of you who've who've ever uh, you know turned on the game during a patch or whatever, it's just like starting the game in offline mode, and then the game could kind of organically just like log you in, kind of behind the scenes, and you're able to go set up your options you're able to go do whatever like you'd want to do before you're logged into the server and you'll see the message right on your you know client whenever you start it like you'll be sitting there for five or ten seconds like just kind of waiting for it to log into the server which is fine it's normal that that happens just like they shouldn't make you wait to to log in it's like just don't do that like but anyway especially if you're going to be maybe if you're playing from training mode so you're training and then you get a, a ranked match well, hey, mm-hmm. just navigate into training mode while it while it sets up into the server. At least you could at least you could hide the fact that it takes like a minute and thirty seconds to get into this damn thing. That's what she said. <laughs> Every time you turn on the yeah. There's 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 some definite quality of life things that they should put into place, and that's just that is straight up on Capcom. That's you know that's not Sony's fault. That's no one's fault except for their developers not realizing that this is you know your players want to play this game a lot, and every single like barrier you can do to 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 remove time and, and you know nuisance basically to the process is a big deal and, and so i'll kind of leave that there a little plea to capcom hey please you know update this stuff and do a little bit more with it but uh but yeah we'll go ahead and move along from that point and and actually i wanted to ask you about the street fighter league um there were some issues there with voting um you covered the story like what, what did you see there all right well i'll start this by saying that the first season of street fighter league was great i've said that before on the podcast i stand by it and i'm looking forward to season two uh, real quick, for those that don't know, the season two, uh, there will be six teams of three. The two returning top teams from last season will be there, but now Capcom needs to populate another four teams. And the way they're doing that, they've had four online events. They'll take, f- uh, and then the the four winners from that will be part of the teams. They've had, uh, they'll get four people off of, I believe, the North American CPT leaderboards right now. And then the last uh, uh, way you get in is that you do these online campaigns and have people vote for you. And that lasted for pretty much the whole month of July. It was to close, it it opened on July 1st, where you could go on smash.gg, open up your campaign, put up a video, put up a a text, whatever you want, say, hey people, please vote for me. This is why I would be good to be on SFL. And there were a whole bunch of people that did this, right? Uh, And you had from July 1st until July 28th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time is when this campaign was gonna close. And so as we're getting close to the end here, uh, people have different strategies. And one of the strategies for this type of campaign, as we've seen somewhat with like the summit of time or the, uh, the summit votes rather, right? You know, like people getting voted into to, um, playing Smash Summit is that you get your followers to kind of wait for the last minute and do what's sometimes referred to as like a spirit bomb technique where you, uh, you put a whole bunch of votes in at the very last second so that people don't have time to recover from that and react. And it gets you up into, well, in this case, they're trying to get into the top four, right? So keep that in mind that that's a very valid tactic because the the race was very tight. The top four were um, Guilty, Sherry Jennings, Automatic, and then Tommy Two-Step. And then outside of the top four, for quite some time, were um, a guy named Azim, um, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Amize, I think is his name, but we know him and love him as Sykes here at Event Hubs. Mm. He is the 
the bar none, the biggest vehement defender of Street Fighter V ever. Uh, the guy <laughs> knows what he likes, and he'll tell you about it, and there's a certain amount of charisma that comes with that. We, uh, we love you, Sykes, if that's how you say your Your names are hard to pronounce. Anyways, uh, him and then Arturo Sanchez uh, was in sixth place, and these guys were kind of fighting to get past that bubble. Here's the thing. The voting was supposed to go down at 11.59 p.m. It went down around 11 p.m. So that last hour voting closed and that left Sykes and Arturo out in fifth and sixth place respectively. Uh, not only were they upset because they, they lost their last hour, but Sykes has a YouTube channel where he does these, uh, these animation um, uh, narratives and basically like comics, sort of animated comics. And um, he has 1.3 million followers, which is uh, I, uh, more than Maximilian, unless Maximilian has recently passed that, that's very possible, but Maximilian level of followers. He's been putting out videos asking his followers to please vote for him. And every time he did that, he jumped up into the top four, you know, and the other guys are campaigning too. So, so that he kind of moved in and out of that top four. He was working for 12 hours on one last video, and he was going to release that video in this final hour. And it it all but for sure would have bumped him up, man. I'm like, I, I don't know for sure, but it all but for sure would have bumped him up. And so this was pretty controversial. Um, when the voting went down, a lot of these guys, like I know at Automatic was streaming almost all day long for like 12 hours. And so they saw it go down. There was a bit of a ruckus about it. Um, and it, Michael Martin, I believe, is the head of this because he's kind of the main esports guy for Capcom. He had gone to bed already, but Carolyn, Mama Dow, saw it. And so she jumped on, contacted Smash GG, tried to get things uh, uh, squared away and, and, and rectified. But Smash GG said, well, they can't get an engineer to, uh, to change things until 6 a.m. the following day. So now no one knows what's going to happen, if they're going to keep the results to have these, uh, these, uh, and these top four stay, or if they're going to open up for another hour, or if they're going to change something up. Um, the following day, uh, they eventually ended up doing it so that uh, they, they kept the results. And so it was very unfortunate for both Sykes and Arturo Sanchez. Um, and it was a little bit of a black eye on this otherwise what's been a pretty good, you know, series so far. And, and, and so it, it kind of sucks. And uh, I don't know if we necessarily need to point the finger too much. It's like, well, did it go on? Was it Smash.GG's fault? Was it Capcom's fault? I, I, and I don't know that that's super important right now like i think that the uh street fighter league will still be an entertaining event but like i say it's like kind of this controversial ending uh kind of like a hype let down because we really want to see what happens in this like probably the most important hour of the whole campaign and things shut down man it's like capcom when are you gonna stop doing this to yourself you release kage an hour early and people stop watching capcom cup yeah I don't know. They're, they're, they've been really bad with their timing of their screw-ups, and uh, this is just another notch in that. Yeah, I, I, I'll kind of take a different perspective because I, I really separate like uh, the esports department from um, their more you know game development type based. And I think Carolyn and Michael Martin do a phenomenal job. Um, I, I think that they again you're the torchbearers in esports here, and I think there's a good reason for that. And I think it's because they have great staff members on board. And I think it's just this is really unfortunate. Um, I don't know where the blame lies if it's on Capcom or Smash GG or, or what happened here. Um, but I, I kind of look at this as that sucks. But I also would not be shocked to find out like behind the scenes that they reach out to the people who were affected by this and try to do some kind of make good. I mean, they're not going to get back, you know, like what they lost, like the Street Fighter League, you know, type thing. That's a really big deal. Those are special spots. I don't think that's going to be coming back. But 
I would not be shocked at all to hear that they've done something behind the scenes to do a make good. Uh, I remember, I think it was a, um, it was a, there was a, a, a player from from uh, Latin America or uh, South America or something like that who they tried up and down to get him a passport so he could come compete, uh, and they ended up like having to, you know, I think it went to crossover or something like that. I forget the exact details, but they right. tried so hard they went above and beyond to try to get that player over here and, and and going and stuff like that and just didn't give up till the like the last minute type thing and i mean that's what i expect from from capcom usa's like esports staff i think they are again the torchbearers in the community this sucks like but like you know it's uh find me the first person who hasn't messed up on something like this in life and you know it's like there's no one that's going to raise their hand right like it's mm-hmm. it happens that's kind of how i look at it but uh but yeah, yeah it's it's unfortunate i don't think we need to have a bad guy it's like it sucks um arturo was fairly frustrated in his responses um and and everybody has acknowledged that it's 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 unfortunate right like sherry yeah. and, and i think everybody that's won has probably put out in a statement about like that that was unfortunate but i'm looking forward to the event and i think that's the right approach for us right now yes. um and and because like i said street fighter league has been very exciting it's been kind of a fresh new look it's been one of the the bigger wins for for street fighter and capcom this year as far as fighting games go and i like i say it, it kicks off in uh, september i'm looking forward to season two seeing what happens here and let's roll with it and never let this happen again yep there it is so uh, moving on here uh we've got our last segment and we're gonna do this really quickly because we're running long and john i want you to give me your evo winner predictions here for street fighter 5 like who do you think is going to take it and we'll do it like we did the poll on the website we get two choices who do you got (laughs) the two months ago it was easy to say punk now punk is no longer winning everything he's probably still the favorite uh, but I mean, like, well, does Fujimura have a good weekend? Does the reigning Evo champion Problem X have a good weekend? Bon Chan's the hot guy right now. That's what she said. Uh, you, you're going to count out Tokido? Because that would be stupid. And even from there, it's like, well, if Momochi or Haitani or Shen decide to have a good weekend, any of these guys could take it and it wouldn't be crazy. I think your favorite is... See, I don't even know if the favorite's punk anymore. I'm gonna say Bon Chan because he's hot right now, okay. and then, and then punk. I'm gonna say Bon Chan and punk. All right, uh, I've actually got punk and Tokido, but I do have a dark horse candidate in Fujimura who I just love as a player. Um, he is like everything like an esports player should be, even though Obuki is really dirty and like kind of a like like you know whatever of a character type stuff. Like she's definitely not more dirty than Akuma, but whatever. Like uh, uh, those are my favorite. Like I, I did a, I cheated and did a third one, but whatever. So yeah, <laughs> you also can't use dark horse anymore because it's been copyrighted. Uh, oh know. yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna get a lawsuit on me and uh, Lecrae and whomever. <laughs> they're, they're, it's, it's, you have to say joyful. And noise instead and if you guys right. don't know what i'm talking about Katy perry's dark horse just recently lost a lawsuit because it was uh musically kind of like a ruled to be a copy of a uh, christian rap song so it was called joyful noise so now instead of saying dark horse we have to say joyful noise so you're saying that they came at Katy perry like a dark horse no they came at her like uh, a joyful noise you're not getting this job <laughs> i'm sorry yes all right so on that note we're gonna wrap up this episode of the event hubs podcast thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you soon adios That's what she said. Ten points.